It's the Truck Show Podcast. My name is Lightning and he is Holman. Sean Holman, to be exact. Yes. Sean P. Holman, if you uh, Are on the follow gram? my writings. Mm. Oh, yeah, on the gram, too. Yeah. Or if you uh, go to OVR Magazine. By the way, I'm really excited for issue four of OVR Magazine. Because you wrote 25 stories? Are they, no, I wrote, uh, I think I wrote three stories, and they're like 28 pages or something like that. So we got a lot of great content coming. If you guys- Are you getting paid by the word? No, I'm not getting paid at all. <laughs> not yet. It's just a lot of work, a lot of 2.30 okay. uh, a.m. things. But That's just dumb. But we have a lot of uh, our Truck Show podcast uh, listeners who have got subscriptions. So I just want to say thanks because you guys have been sending notes in or, or putting in the comments. And uh, and so if you want to go to ovrmag.com, you can pick up a digital subscription for $19.99 or a print subscription for, uh, for 60 bucks for the year. And um, I think the third issue, I'm jazzed on. It, it's so good. Like, I thought the first issue was good. The second issue was like, how did we step up our game? Third issue was like, dude, this is freaking incredible. Fourth issue? Dude, fourth issue is there's some stuff that we're working our way back into, like some of the OE stuff. I did this great midsize shootout story that puts the ZR2 Bison, Chevy Colorado, the Ford Ranger Raptor, and the Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro and Trail Hunter. I basically go through, summarize everything that's been announced on those, and then I do a spec sheet on there, a chart, to compare them in one story. So your, your mid-size you know, market person who's looking for a truck is going to be able to have a lot of great information. And the mid-size truck market is like completely turning over right now. So it's, it's going to be awesome. There's so many good products out there. Uh, so anyway, that's in OVR. I did a uh, story on the new Lexus GX550 that mm-hmm. we just talked about. Lightning TRX. And we uh, did an install. Lightning Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a story on uh, installing Helwig sway bars on yeah. Lightning TRX. So you, uh, you heard us uh, talk about that on the show. You'll actually get to see what went into the, the story. So a lot of great stuff. So that's what I've been working on. Um, I have a million-dollar question for you. Yeah. What does off-roading and bananas have in common? Well, uh, if I had to uh, to guess, I'd say nothing. No, you'd be absolutely wrong. The, See what I did I, there? Mm-hmm. It was that was bad. That yep. was very very punny. Yes, it was. Banana Ron is a guy that someone forgive me that I don't recall which of our listeners turned me on to Banana Ron. Banana Ron drove off road in his Raptor from Oregon to somewhere in Tennessee. All off-road, well, at least at least as much off-road as he could possibly do, and he hid bananas along the way for Golden. people to find. Golden bananas, bananas along the way for people to find. Yeah. So we are going to uh, talk to this uh, crazy human <laughs> and find out what in the world is going on with raptors and golden bananas and you just leaving them around the world. And why... <laughs> Is his name Banana, Banana Ron. Ron? How did yeah. he get Banana Ron? It's, it's at the Banana Ron on Instagram. All right. Well, before we get into the show and uh, Banana Ron, we have to thank our sponsors, so our presenting sponsor. So the Truck Show Podcast is presented by Nissan, and we want to thank them for being a part of the show for over five years now. So Has if it you, been that long? Yeah. So if you're looking for a, uh, a truck like the Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XT, you get a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. The show uh, is out of warranty if you started. Sorry. <laughs> we did not ship with a warranty. No, we didn't. Yeah, no. Nissan. And we didn't offer an upgraded uh, extended warranty. No, no, no. Nissan no. definitely had a better warranty than we did. So if you're looking for a half-ton truck, check out the Nissan Titan, the Nissan Titan XD. And if you need a mid-sized truck, you need something a little bit smaller, but you still like the same uh, dependability and quality and ruggedness in a small truck, you want to check out the Nissan Frontier. Head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you can see them in person or you can go to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price. And if you're a guy with a three-quarter or one-ton truck and you tow, and you're concerned about the temps of your rear axle, 
Look no further than the bank's Ram Air rear differential cover. As you know, Holman, Gail Banks has a patent on the Ram Air rear differential cover. It's the only one with scoops that hang down below that channel cool road air up through the long, thin fins, cooling the rear diff five times better than all those popular oversized rear diff covers that you've seen on the road. Well, and I like them because you guys have designed them to be knocked off off off-road. So if for some reason you're going down a trail and they get caught on a rock, it's not going to damage your diff. Those uh, cooling scoops are designed to break away and save the diff cover. And you guys offer a lifetime warranty. Holman, there's a very small person outside the door. I can just see the hair. Can you, uh, oh. Oh, she belongs to me. Cookie delivery. Wait, what? Cookie delivery. Did you, what did you bring us? Cookies. What kind <gasps> of cookies? Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip. Oh my you brought, gosh. You brought Jay chocolate chip cookies. Are they warm or cold? I've got one right here. Mm. Warm. Warm. Oh, those are good. Hold on. I want to have a cookie. Are you eating a cookie too? Did you come all the way from the kitchen to deliver cookies to us? Mm-hmm. You got to speak up so people can hear you. What's your name? Abby. Thank you, Abby. Abby what? Abby Horn. Yep. Well, we're in the middle of the podcast, but thank you for the cookies. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'll see you later. I suddenly don't care about the podcast anymore. Um, thank you, Abby. Holman, you know you've got a uh, cookie in your beard, right? Oh, yeah, I do that on purpose. Save, save it for uh, for later in the show when mm. I uh, get am emaciated from the hours that we spend behind the uh, the microphone here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what uh, doesn't fatigue me? And that's hours in a truck or SUV with Bill Stein Shocks. Bill Stein, our friends, are celebrating 150 years. What? They're the original innovators of the monotube shock, and you can get those for your truck or SUV. Whether it's a direct replacement stock truck and you need some more control or performance, or you've got an off-road rig, head over to BillsteinUS.com where you can use their year, make, and model to figure out which shock is available and right for your vehicle. So if you've got generic white shocks that are all blown out on that generic lift kit, don't worry. Billstein has direct replacement for lifted trucks as well. And Holman, I have a hot tip. I have a feeling you don't even know about it. Our friends over at Onyx, the best map app on the planet. You mean the uh, off-road map app built for adventure? That's the one. There's a holiday coming up, a little red, white, and blue holiday, 4th of July. That's not so little. So OnX is having a sale up to 30% off memberships at onxmaps.com. Well, you can head over to uh, onxmaps.com or you can go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store where you can download the app. You can subscribe. The nice thing about Onyx is it has all sorts of information for finding out where to go on your next adventure from featured trails, nearby trails. You can discover new places to go. You can save maps for offline use when you don't have a cell signal. You can track, save, and share trips. If there's public and private land info at the Elite tier. You can customize your maps with markup. You can sync with CarPlay and Android Auto. Plus, they have their new route building feature. And my favorite feature, you make a change either on your laptop, your Android phone, your iPhone, your iPad. It doesn't matter because it syncs seamlessly across all of your devices. So you can build the route for all your friends on your laptop, send it to everybody. It'll show up on their iPhone and you go out and adventure. If you love off-roading and navigation software is important to you, onxmaps.com. Freedom 30 at checkout for 30% off. All right, my wife just uh, texted me while mm-hmm. we're sitting here recording this, yep. and she says, uh, I know the response will be, that's what she said, but the cookies with nuts are ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. Mm-hmm. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between
Can we discuss gold bananas and a guy named Banana Ron? I mean, that's a little bit awkward, but um, <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. Well, I, I think, and I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to have to talk to Ron about this, but I believe he drove across the country in a Raptor. Shaped like a banana. All off-road, and he hid golden bananas. Yeah, there's got to be a story behind that, I right? I think so. Can we call? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Can you hear me? Is this a Banana Ron, Lightning Home and Truck Show Podcast? What's happening? Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> We're outstanding. We have a quick intro before we can talk to you, Ron, so don't move. Hang on one second. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Because we want to know what the hell's up with all the golden bananas. <laughs> yes. Or why your nickname's Banana Ron. So, so, oh, man, so many stories. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that your birth certificate does not say banana and then your last name's Ron. Is that correct? You know, unfortunately, it doesn't. And, and I, I wish so much that my parents were a little bit cooler and that they actually named me Banana. But instead, <laughs> you know, I got picked on with the name of Ron. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our listeners, Ron, uh, I think DM'd me and linked me to your Instagram account, at the Banana Ron, at the Banana Ron. And he's like, he's doing something with a Raptor. He's going across the country from west to east, all off-road. And then he's hiding bananas. And I'm like, I need to know more. What in the world? <laughs> so this is the, apparently you've already done the tour and we're getting the recap. So can you tell us your story? Oh, yes. Uh, so this was, it's been on my bucket list forever. So to back up a little bit, I had this uh, weird autoimmune thing. And, and going through that process, all of a sudden I realized like how fragile life can be. And it was the first time I ever got thrown like a legitimate curveball in my life. Prior to that, everything had been planned and I've been executing efficiently all through, you know, high school and college and, and in my personal life and career afterwards. And then all of a sudden I just got like the brakes got turned on. And, and so as soon as I got healthy, we figured out it was just a weird autoimmune thing, got healthy, totally recovered. And, and that was 2019. And my wife and I, I'm like, you know what? Like, let's mix it all up. And I'm like, I need a break from just everything. And so we sold everything we owned. We live in Boise, Idaho. We sold everything we owned and we moved to Costa Rica. And my plan was I had this. Whoa, 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 Costa Rica is a little, that's that's a little further away than than Texas or something. Yeah, that's that's nuts. How do you just do that? I mean, I would imagine like if somebody from SoCal where we're at, said, hey, I'm moving to Costa Rica, then we know they're doing one of two things. They're surfing or they're fishing. So, I, And that, that was the plan. I wanted to surf and do yoga. That, I'm like, I need a break. I'm just going to surf and do yoga until I can't surf and do yoga anymore. But your wife's, and, like, uh, your wife's like, wait a minute. You're doing, you want to go where? <laughs> yeah. 
she, she needed a break too. And, you know, we have young kids and we figured this would be an awesome opportunity to be able to like teach them a different culture and have them learn a different language and be fluent in that language and, and, you know, play with monkeys all day long and just, just live a alternative life compared to, you know, the fast track, uh, you know, uh, hamster wheel that, that we all unfortunately get stuck on. And then all of a sudden you, you're running the hamster wheel, you know, waking up in the dark, you, you know, taking the kids to school, you come home, you know, feed the kids something to eat real quick while they do homework and then you put them to bed and you never have any time with them. And then, you know, through my experience, I realized I'm like, let's mix this up. Like, you know, let's, let's use our retirement now and just take a year off, take a sabbatical. We'll take a year off and, and just see, just see what, what happens and how it will change our life. And like, what kind of, you know, different journey will it put us on? So, so did you hit the lottery? Like how did you, or did you actually spend your retirement money to go to Costa Rica? No, I, 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 I spent, I spent my savings, man. You know, I, I spent a lot of money, unfortunately, like, you know, trying to figure out like what was going on with, with, with my health stuff, you know, in the medical field and all this. And then, um, uh, yeah, I, I had an online business, so I was able to kind of work virtually. Uh, it was, it was basically automated and, you know, obviously if you're living in Costa Rica, it's not like, you know, you, we live a very frugal life and we lived a exceptionally frugal life down there. But that's how I got the name Banana Ron. Like all my buddies from college, you know, they're like, you know, this is started calling me Banana Ron. And I had this, I had this weird idea. I'm like, I want to buy an old banana plantation and then plant it and fill the thing full of like all these weird, crazy, exotic tropical fruits that you've never heard of and create kind of like an Airbnb melon. type of experience. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so while that was going on, all of a sudden COVID hit. So that, that changed things up a little bit. And uh, that's where the origin of Banana Ron came from. I, I wish, I wish it was a cooler story. Like my parents named me Banana, but you know, that, that's it. <laughs> no, by the way, that is a cool story. The fact that you wanted to have a banana plantation in Costa Rica like that, Holman Ron, and I. Ron, don't here's have the that. deal. I I do a show with a guy named Lightning, so it's fine being <laughs> banana. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> you're, you're all good here. So then, at what point do yeah. you pull up roots in uh, your your banana plantation roots there in Costa Rica and decide to come back and then tour the country in a raptor? Like what? Yeah, yeah. So, so Costa Rica, you know, we were there, and then we actually ended up in Panama. Panama is a fantastic place. Uh, of course, that's where we all go when we leave Costa Rica. Right, we all go to because Panama. we know the bananas are better there. <laughs> we go to yeah, Panama. <laughs> yeah I, I, I did get robbed for my first time at the border between Costa Rica and Panama, and that that was an exciting experience. You know, so I was, I was out four or five dollars. I, I guess it was it was you know, and I got to experience and have the story of getting robbed at the border in Costa Rica. So that's kind of cool. Was it at like gunpoint or was it was it a violent robbing? No, no, just, no, just, just, no, just some guys trying to do a shakedown. And I, I and I, there's like four or five of them, and they, they, you know, they wanted me to go to the bank with my ATM card. And, you know, they said that I hit their car, which I didn't. And I was parked next to it. They're like, oh, no, there's scuff. I'm like, it's not mine. I, they're like, go to the bank. I'm like, oh, it's an Amex. It doesn't work in the uh, ATM. Sorry. And, you know, I had a whole, I had like cargo shorts on. And I had a ton of cash because we're crossing the border. I had, I don't know, not a ton. I'm mean, 400, 500 bucks maybe. And, and it's, you know, and I knew the middle ones, the ones in the very middle of it were the ones and fives. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pull one out at a time. And finally I gave them like $4, I think. I'm like, sorry, you know, I don't have any more. <laughs> That's it. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of made for a, for a good story at the time. But, um, you know, but outside of that, I mean, I drove a figure eight through Costa Rica with my family, you know, for, 
and like two or three times, like literally I did a figure eight through Costa Rica. I've seen all of Costa Rica. And that was the one instance I have. I, I shouldn't even share the story because I don't want people to get, you know, Latin America and Central America already has kind of like some bad uh, stereotypes with it. And dude, the people are fantastic. They're so kind. They're so warm. They're so loving. And it was just one random thing. And that could have happened anywhere in the United States. But but uh, Costa Rica and Panama are fantastic. I, I, I really encourage your listeners to check out uh, Panama. There's a little place called Pedicy. Uh, on, on the beach, we ended up renting a place there, uh, and it was fantastic. I mean, we had, you know, a beautiful home on the beach, and it was like $1,200 a month, and it had a swimming pool and a, and, and a gardener and a housekeeper and all this stuff, and it, and it was in like an expat community. It was, it was a fantastic experience, you know, for the kids, and yeah, I mean, I, I can go on and on about that and just how much the, we grew as a family, both in terms of coming together and to become closer, and then as well as expanded our comfort zone so now we're so much more comfortable with with different levels of risk and i also taught was able to show my kids how to manage risk you know firsthand like in, in real life like they, they got some real life experience and knowledge from from this chapter of our life that that will take them through their you know on their journey you know for the next 50 80 years or whatever and they're going to be fantastic because so, of it so you take them downtown and you're like right so if you buy cocaine from this dealer he could shoot you but this guy over here and it's only a little fentanyl in this cocaine that I, I would don't, I don't think and, that's and getting it across that, no, no, I don't, no not I like don't that. think oh. that's how that works oh interesting okay <laughs> yeah no no it was more like uh, one day so I have two boys right and then a then a daughter and my boys are just driving my wife and I crazy. And so we have, I have my dog. I don't, if you watch my YouTube videos, you can see Coda. Uh, she's a Czech shepherd, very well trained. It's like what the police and military use. So I gave the kids, you know, they're, they're what their ages were like uh, 11 and, and, and nine at the time. I gave them a machete, the dog and a walkie talkie. I'm like, you guys go into that jungle and don't come back until the sun goes down and don't play by any big bodies of water because there's crocodiles in there and they'll eat you. And so man, they went in there and, you know, they, 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 they pissed off a, a tribe of, of howler monkeys. The monkeys were trying to pee on them, and they broke a big stick, and the monkeys threw this big stick at them, and they saw basilisk <laughs> so, lizards. So that's and, funny, because and it's true. So when I was in uh, Africa, I went to uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, to Zambia, for the launch of the uh, Wrangler JK back in uh, 2006 seven. I'll never forget the uh, monkeys there had iridescent blue balls and they would uh, be above you in the trees and they would be throwing things at you and you'd be taking a shower and the huts were like these, these thatched roof huts, but the showers were like half walls. So you'd take it outside. They would run down while you were putting shampoo in your hair and steal your soap and run really? around in the shower and then climb back up the tree and you'd be out there you know, walking or, or having lunch and they'd be throwing stuff from the trees at you. Yeah. And you look up and all you see are these iridescent blue uh, this iridescent blue scrotum. That's weird because I'm going to go see iridescent blue scrotum. <laughs> I they're thought you might. Tonight. I yeah. thought you might. They're playing the glass house in Pomona. I hear, yeah. I hear they're opening up for a banana run. Yeah. Oh, are they? <laughs> yeah. He's got a, he's got a, a trio. <laughs> yeah, I have to pay good money to find blue scrotums, you know, here in Idaho. That's, that's rare. <laughs> uh, it's, in the, uh, it's in the exotic uh, produce section. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just hang out in the back section of Whole Foods. You'll find it there. Yeah, exactly. Time. Exactly. As <laughs> long as it's not with the blue waffles. You know what I'm saying? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not giving it. I, yeah. I, I, Google that, that ladies and gentlemen. I, someone got me once. Yeah, yeah. Or don't. No, no, no. Don't, don't Google what I just said. Don't, don't Google it. Don't, don't do it. Don't <laughs> let, let it go. Do, do not do that. Just let it, let it go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got from I, the other way. Uh, eventually, we're going to get to the Raptor going across the country. But yes. I, I got to know when you made that decision, because we, I have sat with the wife. 
and I think Holman's probably sat with the wife and said, "What your, if we, your wife or mine? My wife. Oh, okay, he probably sat with my wife. <laughs> sure, what if we sell everything and leave lightning <laughs> behind? No, no, no. Yeah. Like you, you sit with the wife, your significant other, and you go, honey, it's we're both stressed. It's not as fun as when we were dating." You know, we got all these, we got the kids, we got work, we got jobs, car payment, insurance, all these, everything pushing down on our shoulders, the weight of the world. What if we just left and went to some place that was inexpensive, we could live on the beach for a thousand dollars a month. I mean, we have had conversations like this in my family. What do we do? And we just, we can't, or we can, but we don't. Because you're, I'm sure that your friends have said that, right? Your friends have like, you know what, Ron, you're a better man than I am for being able to give it all up and, and make that move. Like, I don't, why can't we? We're so attached to all these strings and roots in our community, these material objects that we own and we just can't, we just can't let go. And you did. Was it that moment where you thought you were going to die of this autoimmune issue? Why were you able to do it? And so many of us can't. It's a really good question. And I, and I, I, I want to answer it like this. So often people focus on what's going to go wrong. Like you look at it like, Hey, if I leave, I leave my job, I'm not going to be able to get another job. I'm, you know, I, we have a fantastic house. Our kids are in a great school. They have friends in the neighborhood. You fo- and, and you're, you're, you're focused on the, the, the scarcity aspect of it. It's like, what, what are we going to lose? What are we going to lose? And people fail to recognize what if things go good? Like, what if you don't do this? Like, it's simple. Hey, hey, about, hey, stop like, throwing. What can go right? Stop throwing, like, right? your positivity around like that. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> clearly sorry, reckless man, with it. Yeah, he's got reckless positivity. That's my mission, guys. Like, I got really clear with who I am as a person. I love it. You know, through my life journey. And and I, I feel I'm like, and even my YouTube channel. Like, it's like I do crazy stuff all the time. I We, we never made any videos of Costa Rica or anything like that. But then I realized this with this YouTube channel. I'm like, I'm like, what if I can do this and inspire people and raise the frequency and raise the vibration, of the entire earth, just a little bit. Like, I know it sounds totally crazy, but, but what if I can do that? No, you're, you're a and butterfly like, uh, flapping your wings. But e- even, even this conversation, if I can inspire one family to be like, dude, wonder if things go right. Like wonder if we move to where name your place and, and our kids find a fantastic community and the wife starts doing art. Like she used to love back in college and I'm thriving, you know, whether I'm gardening or I start up like a K&M rental company or I, I, you know, rent paddle boards. The happiest guy I ever met was in the South of France and he was renting paddle boards. He was like a reti- an executive that just got burnt out. He bought like, I don't know, 15 paddle boards. What's that? Like $15,000 had a little shack set up in a place called a gay France, A G A. Why? And and he was the happiest guy in the world to stand there, written paddle boards. I you know gave him twenty bucks for an hour for a paddle board. Had a good conversation with the guy, and and you know and and life went really really well for him. Like if if we keep going and we keep doing the things that we've been doing historically, we're going to get the same results that we've been getting his, historically. And and if we totally radically change that entire mind shift and and how our, how we're living our life, that's how you get different results. That's how you break through the ceilings or or the the places that you've been stuck for possibly generations. And so that's that's kind of my rant. And I just want to be a vehicle that can help inspire and, and facilitate that. I guess. You ever thought about going into public speaking? I, this is the first time I've ever been to public speaking, man. I didn't know I was going to be able to do it, to be honest with you. First You're killing podcast. it. You're killing it. So how did you go from uh, running around Panama and uh, back to the States, traveling across this great country in a raptor with golden bananas? 
Like what was like something? So the the shark was jumped somewhere in there, and 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 by the way, he's, yeah. he's living frugally everywhere, right? He, of course he, he is. is. But then he comes back and he's got a ninety thousand dollar raptor, and he's and he's going across the country. He, but he spent all his fortune. There's something you can't compromise on, guys. He smelted all yeah, of the fillings I mean, in his mouth and the bananas. <laughs> but yeah, so we came back to the states. You know, COVID was kind of a mess down there. I was actually reading uh, like an article. I think it was Business Week. And it said out of 196 nations, Panama had the strictest quarantine in the entire world. Uh, they had it so we could only leave the house, depending on your sex. You can only leave the women can leave on Mondays and Wednesdays, I believe. Uh, men, Tuesdays, Thursdays. And then the last digit of your ID, in our case, our passport, determined what hour of the day you could leave. So my, my passport ends in like a five. So I can leave the house on like Tuesdays, Thursdays from five to six p.m. You know, and to go grocery shopping, uh, the pharmacy or the gas station. That's that's the only three things that were open. Yeah. And, and after doing, you know, and of course, like as a good American, like I followed those rules for about a week. And then um, and then we <laughs> created systems to like where the rules didn't necessarily apply and we could go to the beach and and that that, that was actually kind of cool like so i got on google maps and where where we were like the beach right in front of us was being heavily patrolled by like the police and they even had like a drone that was kind of like monitoring if anyone was on it but behind us there was a fort like a jungle and then it went into another bay and then that bay was a mile from parking lot to parking lot so i i looked at google maps and i figured out how to how to hack my way with a machete all the way through that jungle and I created my own path. And now my family and I, we had a fantastic private beach, you know, and so we just couldn't do it anymore after a while. And so we, uh, we, we came back to the States and, and it's obviously the America's, you know, amazing. It's so much easier than, than having your electricity go out on a regular basis or whatever. So you don't um, need a, you don't need yeah, a machete. So, it turns out <laughs> in, in the no, no, you do. depends on the trail. So the Raptor, when did you buy it? Oh, so dude, I love my Raptor guys. Like I, someone, someone messaged the CEO of Ford, like on Twitter and sent him this podcast because I'm like the number one marketing salesperson for Ford Raptors in the entire country. And no one knows it. And, and no one's ever paid me a commission. I just do it because I love it. So I bought a, a Raptor uh, before we moved. It was like 2018. I had, so I had a 2018 Raptor. And then when I came back to the States, I bought this one. Uh, it was a, a 2020 Raptor. And they're both the exact same color, Bedfoot gray, I think the best color. And, and it's just a fantastic vehicle, guys. Like, you know, having young kids, I could fill the bed of the truck full of, you know, bikes and skateboards and scooters and the dog and my wife's, you know, 15 pounds of tennis shoes or whatever the hell she brings whenever we go somewhere for like a one night overnighter, you know? <laughs> and then I, 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 could, I could take it literally in four low up and over any mountain range in the United States. I've done it. Like I, I can say that factually. And then, and then at the same time I can hit the freeways at, you know, set cruise control at 80 miles an hour and, and buzz around safely and comfortably with air conditioned seats. So it, it, it's just the ultimate, you know, it's, it's the, it's the new minivan guys. It's the new minivan. So, um, yeah, go out and get one. I wouldn't call it the new minivan. I mean, it is, you know. <laughs> it's a super how about, versatile. How about family I, wagon? Yeah. <laughs> family wagon? Maybe. Family that's a wagon. Cooler. So when I, I, I spoke with Ron... Uh, a few hours prior to this recording, and I said, "Hey, we're going to call you tonight, and uh, you know it's going to be great, blah blah blah." And, and I, we're going to talk about your Raptor, and, and Holman's going to tell you a story about how he was involved with the "quote unquote" Raptor program, and how he's, got, he's a piece of Raptor history that I have. A, I, I'm guessing you don't know. Holman, can you bring no, Ron up to speed? No, tell me the story. Tell him the story, yes. and for our new listeners that maybe haven't uh, heard. I mean, yeah, okay. So Cl Cliff Notes version is uh, 
I'd like to think that Raptor wouldn't exist without myself and uh, one other person. Long story short, uh, when Lightning went away, uh, not my Lightning, but the uh, truck from Ford, uh, it was being replaced with a truck that was codenamed Raptor, which was instead of making a truck into a sports car, it's like, why not make a truck into a better truck? So I uh, had some Mr. X's and they gave me some heads up and I did some Google searches and some research and I pinged some people and I figured out, oh, Raptor's the codename for this next generation truck. Long story short... Uh, I was with Ford at a uh, dinner with the chief engineer of the F-150. I passed a card across the table. I said, I know. I think it's cool. How can I help? And he passed it right to the PR person who looked directly uh, square in my eye and shook her head no. And uh, at the end said, you know, we, <laughs> we don't talk about future programs, blah, 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 which is the, like the PR person's favorite catchphrase. And I said, yeah, but you know I know that I know you know I know. And she said no. And so I said, okay, well, I got to do what I got to do. So I shared a uh, ride uh, back to the hotel with uh, somebody who ran a truck website. And I was at Four Wheeler Magazine at the time. And that person is now the uh, head of uh, Ford PR because <laughs> he caused them a lot of grief. So they just hired him. And uh, he, awesome. he and I shared a, a ride. And basically I said, hey, listen, uh, on this coming Friday at 6 p.m. when it's 9 o'clock on the East Coast, I'm posting this story at Four Wheeler, share it, and uh, let's see what happens. And within uh, uh, minutes, uh, phones were ringing and very angry people were saying, you'll never be part of a Ford program ever again. How could you betray us like this? We thought you were a friend. Blah, because blah, blah, blah. not only were you talking about the the super truck that was coming, but you were saying it was called Raptor. And that, well, was, just, that was a code so, name. So, it, yeah. So there were eight things in the blog that I said. Four, I was pretty sure was right. Turns out I was right about six of them. So then Ford thought I had insider information, which I did not. And so they they went to try and find all my friends in the industry, and they were trying to fire people at suppliers, and it became a big deal. Anyway, long story short, I was excised from the Ford world for uh, for a, a period of time until I got a call back uh, from a person who is still at Ford who uh, is doing a lot of, uh, last time I saw him, global or future vehicles. And he said, hey, we want to offer you uh, the exclusive to uh, come back, apologize for all the headaches. It turns out that uh, at the time, if you remember some of the concepts like Petunia and Daisy were the Ford GT and Shelby concepts. Well, they named them those things because they didn't want anybody on the global calendar to care about the programs. They're like, who's going to care about Petunia? Well, they actually named Raptor Raptor. So Raptor was never supposed to be the name of the vehicle, but because of our viral story, Ford actually had so much name recognition that they kept the code name as the actual vehicle name. And as the story was told to me, Ford didn't want to go ahead in management with the gas guzzling truck. It was the 2008-9 time frame when, you know, the yeah. uh, the economy had, had taken a big giant crap. And it was our guerrilla marketing on forums and all of the crazy amount of interest that turned the tide for the Raptor. And because of that, because we helped save the program, because the the powers that be saw, wow, there's going to be a lot of interest. So the enthusiasts just went nuts. Yeah, and so it ended yeah. up it ended up being we saved Raptor and we were invited back, and I had the print exclusive on it as a as an olive branch. And they've never sold uh, less Raptors in the biggest year of Lightning in the history of the program. And it's be- gone on to not only be a successful truck, but now it's a whole brand and a whole lineup of stuff. It's it's you know Bronco Raptor and Ranger Raptor and F-150 Raptor and whatever else they uh, determined to Raptorize as, uh, as a sub-brand. So, uh, yeah, so I was a little piece of uh, Raptor history. thought you might enjoy that. That is so cool. Yeah, that, no, that is so amazing that you did that. I mean, I'm, 
I, I seriously am infatuated with the vehicles. Like I would love to have a generation one, like a 20, uh, 2014, you know, like the last year of gen one and then have, you know, my, my gen two and then a gen three, you know, I have two boys. Like how cool would it be if you open a garage if you got three Raptors in there? So I got to, uh, I got to start working harder and stop gallivanting around the, the, the country in the desert, hiding golden bananas for all my internet friends. <laughs> by, by the <laughs> way, know? hold on yeah. a second, Ron, like that, if you do yeah, it right, yeah. if you're as entertaining on YouTube as you are on this podcast, like if you're the fireball and you've got something to say and something to show people, <laughs> YouTube could be your your next moneymaker. And by the way, I mean, look at guys like Whistle and Diesel who are making bank, you know, daily driven exotics or any of the, you know, the pop culture leaning uh, automotive channels. Uh, and if yours has a yeah. human interest angle to it as well, dude, you you could be making well into the six figures just off YouTube. That'd be cool. Shout, shout out to Matt's Off-Road Recovery, man. I love that guy. There you guy. go. Have you guys seen him? Yeah, of course. Oh. Of course. How would you not? I mean, he's you know, made, he's got, what, like a dozen employees for that channel. So that's... It's it, amazing. And, yeah. And, and look how bright he's vibrating, like with his family and stuff. You know, he has his daughter and his son with him, and they're doing all sorts of cool stuff. And and I mean, I I, I love those guys. And to be honest, he was uh, is between him and another guy, um, Outdoor Boys. He's a, he's a guy from Alaska. I watch a lot of YouTube, and I'm seeing these guys do it. And I'm like, dude, that's super cool. I'm going to I'm going to go give this a shot and see and see what I can come up with. And and you know, I I think I think. For my first YouTube series, I think it turned out really great, guys. It, uh, you know, obviously I'm I'm close to the project and kind of biased. And and if you don't like my voice, I got a cool dog at least. And if you don't like dogs <laughs> or me, I got a super cool truck. Well, and I and I I went everywhere with it. <laughs> re- remind know? people. And so how can they find it? Oh, just go to YouTube and search Banana Ron, and and it'll it'll come up. Just Banana Ron on YouTube, uh, and then if you want to message me or anything like that, just go on Instagram. Uh, the Banana Ron is my Instagram. I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, just go to YouTube, search Banana Ron, you'll find it. And it's like a 28. So what I did is I just it, it took me 28 days to get across the country, and, and this this is gonna blow your mind too. So I came up with this idea. No no joke. Like I literally I woke up from a nap. Like it was like early September. I woke up from a nap in the middle of the day. It's like a Saturday, just like a hot, you know, 110 degree day. And I'm just like being lazy. And I wake up and I'm like, dude, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to drive across the country without using paved roads. I, it was like literally like a, like something just got dropped, like a knowledge bomb from the universe. I just woke up with it in my head. And so I, I tell my wife, and, and this has been on my bucket list for a long time. Like that's my whole thing. Like my YouTube channel, I just want to do everything on my bucket list. And if I can do it in a positive way that inspires other people to, uh, to, to live the best version of their, their lives as well. Like awesome. Everybody wins. Right. I, I, and my wife knows that I've been wanting to do this trip forever. I had a, a years ago, I was working with someone like in digital advertising and and, and he said, he sent me this picture of his brother. He's like, yeah, dude, check it out. My brother bought a Raptor and he, and he put like a kitchen in the back. It has like these big stainless steel drawers pulled out. And he's like, he's with his girlfriend. He spent like the next two or three months driving across the country. And so like, this is like mid September. And I'm like, I think I'm like, I can, I can pull this off. And if you watch my video, you'll see I'm, I'm a simple guy, guys. I literally, I went, I went to Cabela's. I bought myself a sleeping bag. I got a Garmin, like just so I could have like access to help if I needed it. Uh, you know, like, like one of the Garmin mini inreaches. Those are Those great, are by fantastic. the way. Fantastic. And that's, Oh, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable do, uh, doing it without that. I mean, there's just too many things. I mean, 
you know, there's there's one point in the video where where um, uh, I, I was in Utah and I didn't see this this drainage and my truck dropped and look, I never drive my head, arm out the window. Guys, don't do that. It's a bad idea. If I did, I would have lost my arm. My my the side of my truck fell against against the wall. Like I just did not see this drop off. The craziest thing was I just happened to be filming at the time. Like I was like holding my 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 cell phone, just like taking a selfie camera, talking about how because I had I fell in a couple other holes prior to that. And I'm like, dude, these holes are going to kill me. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, while I'm filming. And I like drop it with this big one, and you know, like the you know, truck, we call like, those hit, right, you know, all the way up. We call those truck- no, no. How do what do you call them? Truck gobblers. Oh, dude, they gobbled me up, man. That that was a uh, that was an exciting one. That was out there by um, by Green River and uh, a little bit north uh, northwest of Moab, Utah. Now that's uh, not that, that was a trip. So wait, so that's not the lawn dart that I see uh, on your Instagram, right? Where you you lawn darted <laughs> the thing. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us about the route. All right. How you came up with the route okay. and how you stuck to the route. Cause you can't go off road all the way from West coast to East coast. As far as I know, you have to get off to get fuel, things like that. Yeah. Then also, exactly. tell me about the bananas and then hiding them. So first <laughs> Talk about the route. I want to know if the was bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Awesome. Yeah, so the, the route is a commonly known route uh, called the Trans-America Trail. A lot of guys do these on, like, Enduro Sport motorcycles. Uh, I'm, I'm not that familiar with people doing them in full-size trucks. Oh, uh, uh, I have done I have lot- Oklahoma to Moab on the Trans-America Trail. It is awesome. It's it's a fantastic, right? Oh, it's fantastic. Awesome. That was the route that I, that I followed. And then, obviously, I... I, I changed it up to best suit me. Like I really love the deserts of Nevada. And so I went over a couple other different mountain ranges. And, and if you just, you know, I use the trans America trail mount route as kind of like my guide, like, you know, the, the 20,000 foot overview. And then when I'd get to an area and I'd, I'd see a mountain range, I'd be like, that looks super cool. I'd spend the time and I'd look at just my maps there in my car on my iPhone and, and be like, yeah, I think I can make it. And you know, and that, that worked out great sometimes and it didn't work out great other times. Uh, there's one day, I drove a, a total, it's a 12 hour day of driving. You know, it's typically what I drive every day. At the end of the day, I averaged like nine miles per hour for the entire 12 hour day. And there were times in that day when I was going 80 miles an hour out there on the dirt. And it's just, it was just so slow. I was in four low going up and over this mountain range. And then I'm, I'm using downhill assist, creeping down at, at one and a half miles per hour, or two miles an hour, just bouncing down, you know, and I got a, you know, 2000 foot cliff to my right. And there's, there's nobody within, you know, you know, 500 miles of where I'm currently at. That's how I use the route. You can get from the Pacific ocean to the Mississippi. And, and I really want to say you can 97 to 99% off-road from, yeah. I, I'd say I yeah, a, a higher, like, yeah, you know, from, from the Pacific ocean, to the Mississippi, that, that's totally doable. After the Mississippi, those East coasters are just so efficient at paving everything. Yeah, and it's, and hard. it's hard to reflect it on the maps. Yeah. Because even on the maps, I'd be looking at it and be like, this, this should be a gravel road. This should be a dirt road. And I'd go way out of my way to go hit this, what I would assume to be a gravel or dirt road only to find out that these guys paved it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one <laughs> well, car length wide, but it's paved. I've had friends who, so. who have threatened to leave California um, or and move, you know, Tennessee or back there. And they're like huge overlanders, huge at camping, huge as explorer. And I'm like, what's the thing you love to do? Oh, I got my four by four. I go, where are you going to do it? Huh? Like, wh- where are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. Oh dude, Tennessee, it's got this beautiful back. I'm like, everything east of the Mississippi is private land. 
and even before the Mississippi, yeah. like and that's Texas, another difficult thing. Yeah, Texas, Montana, places yeah. like that. It's all ranch land. So it's really even the Trans America Trail <clears throat> through Oklahoma, you're in Kansas, you're driving between farmland, between, you know, fields. On both sides. On both yeah. sides. Yeah. And yeah. So you get out that far east and all of a sudden, instead of taking two hours to access adventure, you're talking about a two day drive in some you know, respects to get to a place like, you know, Colorado and points West. And so, you know, people don't think about that. And they really go, Oh man, I, I realize there's nothing really for me to do except for a private off-road park. Well, I was or say, is that why off-road parks are so popular in the, On the East yes. coast? Yes. Yeah. Because that's where people go to yeah. recreate. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and there's some spots there. Like I found some amazing off-road trails in, in Arkansas and some, and Tennessee's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like there's some great spots, but I, I like, even when you're a really remote, like fantastic off-road trail in Arkansas, Tennessee, wherever on the East Coast, you're still within 50 miles of a town. Like I love being in Nevada and knowing that no one's out here. Like it's just there's something so energizing feeling for me, like just being in, like in total all by yourself. And like you are, and it's I, I don't know, I, I like that. You're so right on. I, there's a spot I was uh, on what's called the East Mojave Heritage Trail, which is one of the biggest yeah. overlanding trails, 733 miles in uh, in parts of nevada california it's massive and there's a road that goes between two wilderness areas and it was getting dark when i got to that section of the trail and fortunately the road's like 40 feet wide maybe 50 and so i uh-huh. just pulled over so that i was on you know just to the side of the road and had to camp there for the night just because it got so dark and i sat out there and i looked around there wasn't a headlight a flashlight a campfire there was no road noise there's no, no trains um, occasional pl- light plane pollution of any kind. Yeah, the yeah. light pollution. Very, yeah. very little for like Vegas on the horizon and LA the other way. But otherwise, I was in a little valley. So the hills around me were high enough to kind of to, to block that. And you're just sitting out there and you just feel so freaking alone. Like it's almost too quiet because you almost feel vulnerable. You'll hear something rustling through the, the bushes or you'll you'll lay there on the ground staring at the stars and you'll hear something, you know, stalking you from the sides. I had a little uh, desert fox yeah. pop out and look at me and scurry back into the brush. But it's it's almost, it's this really weird feeling of feeling alone and vulnerable and minuscule, but also uh-huh. like recharging because you realize you can still get to a place like that and feel really... Um, I don't know, primitive and primeval or whatever. <laughs> primitive you know? with your hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar five hundred horsepower Raptor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, don't forget the satellite. We got a Starlink and a big screen TV and an Xbox in the back too, you know? Yeah, so. perfect. See? <laughs> yeah, just you know, just enjoy the wilderness out here playing some Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any did you have any scares like that other than like potentially going off a two thousand foot cliff? Did you have any wild animals approach you or I mean it looked like from your gram you had bears and stuff like that? I'm not afraid of animals. Like animals are fine. People are what make me uncomfortable when, in the wilderness when you got weird people. And I, I've had, I had a, a, unfortunately I did have a couple experiences with that. I kept my YouTube channel very family friendly. That's, that's who I am on YouTube. Um, so I had a couple things. Yeah. So, so right when I first started in Port Orford, Oregon, I'm on the beach. I shoot, I shoot some video on the beach and I drive up to uh, just get my car situated. You know, I get my dog, you know, organizing her bed and stuff. And I'm on the other side of my truck and I see this guy out like the corner of my eye. Uh, and obviously he's had, you know, personal and life troubles that has put him in his position where he's at. And I see him and, and, and all of a sudden he makes a V line toward my driver's doors open. I'm on the passenger side. He makes a V line towards my drive, like towards my car on his, on his bike. And I'm thinking this mother is trying to steal my truck. And I saw, and I have, you know, my dog in there and I have a gun right there, you know, next, next to my leg as well, where if you're in the driver's seat, you'd see it. And I'm like, hell no. And so, you know, I, 
I was faster and I jumped in the seat and I closed the door real quick and, and he drives, you know, rides by he's like, nice truck guy. And, you know, just, you could tell like, you know, luckily I had that intuition that made me look up and that, so, so that I was thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, the trip start like this. I almost got carjacked, you know, like, yeah, dude, come on, man. Like this, we, we like this, to say that good roads bring bad people and bad roads bring good people. Cause most bad people yeah. aren't going to be oh, really yeah, deep. Absolutely. But if you have yeah. a, the beginnings of, you know, remote, one, two miles from the highway around a town. That's always yeah. what I'm the most sketch. And I, I also have a, mm -hmm. you know, firearm right by my, my right leg on my console. Same thing. If I'm in the driver's seat, yeah. I can reach it. And there's only been yeah. one, one time where I've had to, I was in a situation where if somebody had taken those extra steps, it would have been presented, you know, like it was that, that yeah. close and the hair on your neck stands up. And when you see some of these people out there, oh. you, it's, it's, it's different. It's scary. Yeah. I, I, I had it happen several times. So that, that was my first one. And then you're driving to the, to the mountains of Oregon and, you know, I like to stealth camp, you know, like you said, you know, bad roads being good people. Unfortunately, some of these roads were not bad roads. And right. so they had, you know, <laughs> not good people. Some there. dude and in so like a clapped out Camry or something like that. Yeah. Or they're in an RV yeah. or something. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was, you know, and they have like these basically like drug camps out in the middle of the forest in Oregon and it's and it's really sad and it's really scary and I, I obviously don't know what the solution is, but but it's um it, it, I had I, I have a lot of respect. You get on YouTube and you see these girls that are overlanding by themselves, you know, obviously in the States they're all armed, you know, and, and you know, much respect to those girls for sure, because you know, I'm obviously a much harder target than 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 that. Um the the scariest one was I drove through, I, I was near north of Medford, Oregon. Uh, I, I got gas. I drove whatever interstate that is. I think it's the five. I drove drove across the five, filled up on fuel, and it's just, it's just getting dark. And and it was so sad because I'm driving like this, you know, little paved road or gravel road or whatever. And there's these big, fancy, beautiful ranch houses. They're all in like 20 acre, like a state. They're just gorgeous. And then as soon as that nice gravel road ended, it turned in like the dirt BLM road. And right there, there were 10 RVs on both sides of the road, you know, obviously a drug camp. And, and it's, you know, I'd be, I'd be pissed if I was one of those ranchers. I mean, it's, you know, 200, 400 yards away from this beautiful, you oh, know, ranch yeah. home. And, and, and so, you know, and I drive through and I noticed a Jeep, uh, Jeep Cherokee there and, and it's like walking dead man like zombies walking around in the road and it's it just got dark so it's probably like 9 30 10 o'clock at night and i'm like well i'll drive for like 40 minutes i'll get up deep in these hills and i'll find a place to stealth camp and so i'm driving and i finally get up in the hills a little bit and i'm driving a road that's not driven like i'm i'm plowing over trees that are you know an inch in diameter you know just going right up in the road i'm just knocking these things over as i'm climbing up the hill you know I have my windows down my sunroof open it's beautiful mountain nature enjoying it you know it's obviously your brain starts playing with you a little bit when it gets dark so it's probably like 10 30 and I, I i pull in i'm like oh this looks like a pretty good spot where i could stealth camp and so i'm like you know backing up my car and i jump out i'm a big floodlight like trying to see like where i can back up into and all of a sudden i look back and that jeep cherokee's been following me up that hill and they've oh, been really? following me for like oh, 30 minutes up this hill yeah that is and creepy. so then i'm like oh that's sketch super creepy man i got goosebumps just talking about it and so i see this and i'm like and obviously you know it's you can tell a Jeep Cherokee headlights. He's, he's a ways away, but I'm like, dude, no one drives that road. I mean, no one's driven that road in, in a year. I plowed down all the trees on it just now. And this is the month of October, you know, <laughs> no one drove it all summer long. And, uh, and so I just, I get in the car and I just go, I'm like, I have a full tank of gas. I know those guys will run out of gas before I do what the Raptors fantastic engineering, what 550 mile range on those tanks is what 36 or no, yeah, 38 36 gallons, gallons of fuel, yeah. I think is what they have. 
or six. And so I, I just drive and I'm, you know, now I have adrenaline too. Right. And so I'm driving and I think I'm all by myself. And sure enough, I come across another one of these like weird, weird camps out in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's a couple RVs and like old broken down buses. So I keep going and I find now I'm exhausted. Now it's like 1130. I've been running on adrenaline for two hours trying to get away from people. And I find this like super sketchy Jeep trail. And I mean, it is, it is gnarly. I'm to a four low. I drop that thing in a four low and I'm just, I'm, it's not even a road anymore, guys. Like it's maybe a K&M or a dirt bike can go through it. It's fully overgrown. I'm just mowing down all this stuff, just pinstripes on both sides of the truck. I'm like, dude, whatever, they'll buff out. Who cares? And I just <laughs> climb all the way up to this thing. And, and I end up on the peak of this mountain. I position my car. So I'm like elevated. And so anyone that comes up that trail, uh, like I'm, I, yeah, exactly. High ground. I'm elevated and there's no reason for you to be out there. And you're going to be in a very strategically unfortunate situation. And, uh, and, and so that, that's where I slept. And, but the beauty was like, I was gifted with the most beautiful view I've possibly seen in my entire life the next morning, you know? So everything has its purposes. And, and, and so, and it was great. Otherwise, you know, I would have woken up inside some, you know, some little forested tree area and sit I'm on this beautiful peak. And that was, um, or that in the back the of, a, of a uh, clapped out a, RV with a bunch of meth being made around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or tied up, loaded up on drugs, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so, oh man, yeah, it's, it's been years since that's happened to me, but you know, so I had, I had a couple other experiences similar to that, but those were, you know, those were a couple close calls that were, you know, I had another one in Tennessee that was, uh, uh kept me up all night long. And, and, uh, yeah, that was, so you mean, you know, Use do do smart. Be wise when you're when you're doing risky yeah, things. Yeah, it's all about you know? situational awareness <laughs> so, and knowing who's around you yeah. and and, uh, and and just having a good sense of people because you can usually tell pretty quick as you're passing somebody on the trail or a brief interaction who is sketch and who oh, is yeah. not. And so and, I didn't even know that these like drug camps. I know that they are out by us in Southern California, like out in the desert areas. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they existed out in yeah. like forested areas oh, yeah. and, you know, in, in Oregon places like yeah. that. Well, and then there's people, I mean, I remember a dude who was out by Josh tree for a long time called seldom Steve, uh, seen Steve. And he would chase, what, bunch what of was pe- he called? Seldom seen Steve. Okay. And he would chase people off and, but uh, if you brought him a six pack of beer, he would be the nicest guy. So I'd just go up there with a six pack of beer, and <laughs> he'd tell you about everything going on and who's been by and all that kind of stuff. So sometimes, you know, there's people who just want to get away and don't like other people, and and that's great. But I mean, also yeah. remember tailgunning on a trip, and we come up and some shirtless, like clapped out looking dude in the middle of the forest sees the first group has a female driver, and she stops, and he starts asking her questions, and I get on the radio, I'm like, drive. Because he doesn't realize we're all coming up and that we're all grouped. He sees a, a female driver in a newer vehicle, and he's like, you know, all you need is one guy to flag you down going, oh, I lost my donkey or whatever, and then some two yeah, dudes jump yeah. out of the bushes behind him, and now you're you're screwed. So, like, I don't stop for people like that. You know, if, you're, if you don't Are they like smart enough to ambush like that? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, there's definitely... So it's not just in the movies? No, no. There's definitely sketch people out there, and that's different because... If somebody is just wandering out there, I mean, you could tell somebody who who doesn't belong, who needs help, versus somebody who lives out there, lives out there, yeah. and there's a completely different demeanor that somebody presents to you that you can pick up pretty quick and be like, yeah, no, this guy's no good. I'm I'm out of here. 
Yeah, and you know, and, and at the same time, I want to point out, like, you know, I had 28 days of off-road, and I had, I think, three, four experiences that scared the absolute piss out of me, <laughs> you know, and so, so it, it is rare, guys, like, get out there, get in the nature, just be wise about it, you yeah, know, and like you're sure. saying, you know, you, you can, you can, you can spot it, you can, you can see where it's at, and, th- and that's the thing, like, there's so much adventure, and that's what, I, one of the big takeaways I got from this, is that, you know, you hear people, oh, things are boring, whatever, teenagers talking about how they're bored, I'm like, guys, there's so much adventure in your backyard like literally like yeah. grab a day pack and even if you don't have a car just go for a damn walk somewhere and don't come back until the next day you're going to have a weird story happen i promise <laughs> you know even if you, even if you're in a gridlocked urban area like southern california just there's so much adventure in our backyard but especially on the west coast of the united states i mean you can get into some areas that are that are very rarely traveled i mean and it's it's really neat you know seeing bighorn sheep and antelope and and you know obviously bears and whatever other creatures you have out there. It's really cool. Would you say it's as weird as coming across a golden banana in the middle of nowhere? That is weird, right, guys? So, <laughs> so <laughs> how did that happen, and why? How did it? I mean, you're, you're the banana, Ron, but you were. You yeah. were. I love how in your Instagram you're baiting like Joe Rogan and Mr. Beast, and you need to shoot for like uh, a little, maybe a little lower on the uh, the food chain of YouTuberism. No you're, way, man! You got to go to the top. It'll happen. It'll happen. Joe Rogan will have me on one day. I'm going to drive all the way around the world. Just wait. And it's going to take years. It's going to take a handful of years, but I'm going to drive all the way around the world. If I can get a sponsor, I'll do it in a Ford Raptor. I'd love to. And uh, and then Joe Rogan will be like, wow, this Banana Ron guy's interesting. we got to talk to him. So let, let's make that happen, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll will it into reality. So how did the, how did the golden banana thing happen? And, and are you the one spray painting the bananas? Yes, yes. So, so how how that came to be is my I just you know I had two weeks to plan for this trip, and so I'm, I'm doing it, and then you know it just came up with my kids like conversation. I'm like, dude, I should leave something like you know maybe we could do like a GPS, like a geocache type of thing. And then one of my kids like he's like, dude, you're like a big dumb monkey. You should buy a bunch of bananas and 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 hide bananas out across the entire country. And so like your you kids know, are awesome, kids by the way. Dumb, they're they're rad, man. I mean, just I'm just a big dumb monkey, and I'm like I'm like, and what? what a great thing, right? It goes back down to like my original purposes. Like, dude, I just want to inspire people to get out. And I, so I've released the GPS coordinates for two golden bananas. And uh, the first one, uh, the people drove from, I want to believe Jordan, Utah to Moab is like a four hour drive. I released the coordinates at like two o'clock, uh, two o'clock local time. And in four hours, they, they, they saw it like, you know, an hour or two after the video came out, they drove to Moab, Utah, got a hotel that night. And they were there at the banana location in Moab, uh, <laughs> at 8 a.m. the next day. And, you know, and, and, and the, Hold the, on. he just called the, it the banana location. Like, yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, and, and I have a descriptor. People, my, my fans, yeah, banana location. But my fans have named themselves the banana people. And so I have like <laughs> hundreds of banana you know, people. You're, you're missing. Really <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it's not even Banana Nation. It's literally Banana Republic. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. people. But so, so it was so cool. So like all of a sudden I'm, and it was a, a father daughter type of thing. And so like the, the dad's been watching my YouTube videos and he sees that location come out. He grabs his daughter and literally, and, and that's the whole thing. I just want to create like spontaneous action guys. Like let's you see something. Don't think about it and put things off forever. You don't know if you have how many days or hours you have left. If you have something inside you that you want to go do, just pull the trigger, call in sick for work, take your kids out of school and get out there and go do it. And that's, that's exactly what this, what this uh, family did. Just the husband or the, 
the father daughter you know went out there and and they will have that memory forever like his daughter will remember that experience way way past you know way way after he's you know no longer here and like i can't believe i went out there with my dad you know and had this great story yeah my daughter and, uh, we then, did uh we did cross country from uh, michigan to uh california over father's day weekend one year and she still was exactly. like, when are we going back out there she wants to go do route 66 exactly. i gotta figure out how to make that happen uh, ron where was your final destination so I ended uh, in North Carolina, uh, just north of Jackson is Emerald Isle, North Carolina. So it took 28 days. Uh, every day I hit a golden banana, you know, the most beautiful spot I found. And uh, uh, I have a GPS coordinate for, so on one day, on day 12, I actually I hit it in what I thought was going to be the most beautiful spot. And then I turned the corner, I'm overlooking, like I'm to the uh, west of Telluride, and it's just the most beautiful spot ever. And so I hit a second golden banana. I'm not going to release those GPS coordinates anywhere else except for here on this podcast. If you guys want to share those that that location with your uh, uh, your listeners, they can they can go get. It's I call it the super fragilistic, super special gold banana from day twelve. So I have the GPS coordinates. I'll I'll read them off for you if you want. Alman, you want to be the exclusive uh, GPS coordinate uh, purveyor? Go. All right. Okay, guys. So the location, and mind you, I'm I'm only going to release this on podcast where i do an interview or something like that nice. you're not gonna be able to find this one anywhere else so so it's north 37.81-2309 and then it's west 108.17-3095 so what i should do is pull up uh onyx here who is a uh proud sponsor of the truck show podcast and uh Insert it. I'm not going to tell Onyx people. Onyx is fantastic. I'm not going to say yeah, where yeah, it is, but but I want to look at it. I want to see what yeah. uh, what what you've done here. So all right. So one more time for you guys writing this down. North thirty seven dot eighty one twenty three zero nine. West one oh eight dot one seven three zero nine five. And I promise you, it will be the most beautiful spot you you possibly imagine in the United States. And as far and as you I know, right, Ron, the banana- Ron, 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 this has not been picked up yet, right? You're, you're sure that it has not been nabbed? You know, it's been, it, it, this location has not been shared, and it is, it's been under snow all winter long. Oh, so that's that, a great that spot. is right there. And and it's and it's underneath a uh, old like fallen tree, guys. So yeah. so I hit it where like if a forager, like a mushroom hunter or a hunter, they're not going to stumble across these. They're not. They're, it's not like you don't need a shovel. I'm not like you, you know. It's not buried super hard, but but I hit them all under brush or if, like it's in the desert, Nevada. I you know stacked up some, put it under a rock and close the entrance with some rocks. So if you're looking for it, you'll be able to find it. And uh, but if if you are, know you're not, you're we, not going to stumble across. Are we these. looking for the banana itself, or is the banana in a box of some sort? It, it's in an ammo can, and what I asked people to do, there's also a little card in there with like a little personal note that I wrote you, you know, wishing that this banana brings you, you know, a lifetime full of good luck. And I just ask that you leave a date and put your name on it and leave the banana for someone else. If you want to leave a little token inside the box for the next guy, like something sentimental, like your mom's wedding ring, I'm sure they'd really appreciate it, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but yeah, so so just leave for the next guy, and and so, you know, I'm just excited to get a bunch of families and people out there. Here's what's funny, is that exact road. I was on within feet of that banana because I do all my tracking on Onyx whenever I go out, mm-hmm. and you can see my dotted line that is right up there in the lightning. I'll, I'll put right. it on the uh, the TV in the studio. Yep. 
so that you take can, a look. So you can see how close I've been to that exact location, which, if you think about it, it's is cool. pretty freaking awesome. It is. It's, you've seen a lot of stuff. And, and if you want to see what that place looks like, you know, this very moment before you drive out there, that's uh, day 12 on my Banana Ron, you know, uh, you know, off-road driving across the USA without using uh, paved road series. All right. And so, so, so yeah, Holman, just, Holman just brought that up. And Holman, point on the screen where the banana would be in comparison to your, your route. The banana is right where the X is. Okay, got it. Oh, damn. You were really close. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Within feet. Yeah. Here, let's see. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, within, I'll, I'll zero it back in right there. See where the little... Yeah. Like literally probably within 20 feet of it. No kidding. So, so that's, that. that's, a, that's the peak, obviously. That's why he said it's so beautiful right, right there. So then you can see where everything is in relationship to... And I can see why it was under snow. Interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, we're looking at the satellite yeah. view on Onyx right now. Uh, and I've got it up. We've got a 42-inch uh, screen TV in the podcast studio, and so I have Onyx beamed up there so Lightning can see exactly where your banana is. So in the future, if you... I, I'm going to name this the banana... Which, uh, the banana, banana soda? Banana, no, no, Banana Ron's a special banana. The, the truck show banana, guys. You're the first one to have the location. Call it the truck show banana. Go claim it. All right, claim right it. Put, it, put your name on it. show banana. banana. It's yep. going in there. And I'm actually going to make the uh, marker yellow. Yellow. <laughs> and, and I... There's a, <laughs> nice. There's a possibility I will be out in that way sometime this year. A p- potential trip going You need there. to leave a, ban- a, a no, Trucho podcast, Trucho podcast sti- stickers. Yep. In yeah. There. Yeah. That's oh, that would be so cool. Yes. All right. It's, yeah. it's now in my Onyx. It's forever the Truck Show Banana. I love it, man. That is that is the name, the Truck Show Banana. It's a fantastic spot. It's absolutely beautiful there. And, and, uh, and that, it's going to take really somebody cool. some effort. You're not just going to go out your back door because you live nearby to find it. You actually have to put some effort. It's probably a weekend trip for, for many people, but it is a absolutely fantastic part of the country. Uh, you will not be disappointed by the scenery and uh, and yeah. and the remoteness in that area. It is absolutely stunning. Amazing. So what do you have yeah. on tap, uh, Ron? What's, what's next for your life of adventure? So, so like, like I said earlier, you know, my whole thing is I want to do all the things on my bucket list and I have a couple things on there. Uh, one includes, you know, I want to go diving with great white sharks. I think that'd be super cool. Uh, I heard you could do it without the cage that you sink all the way down to the bottom of the ocean and then you stay where you're back. You're, you're on the bottom. So you have like kind of a solid backing and you'd be outside of the cage with the great white, which I think would be pretty cool. That um, sounds dumb. My wife about that. That so just I, sounds it does, idiotic. It I never, ever said that I'm a smart man. I'm a simple man. I mean, I I saw that movie with the surfer girl (laughs) on the one arm and or one leg or whatever it was. I mean, I would say stay away from sharks. Okay, that's a tiger shark. Tiger sharks scare me way more than, than than great white sharks. But but so I want to do that. I want to I want to drive across. You know, going through this journey. You know, across the U.S. I, I was looking at the globe with my kids, just kind of showing them where I was going or whatever. And then I'm like, dude, we should go to Lisbon, Portugal, and drive across Europe to the uh, is, is it the Adriatic Sea that's over there by like Croatia. And, uh, and I'm like, let's drive all the way across Europe. And then, then I'm like, if I do that, like that's obviously an easy, safe trip with the family or whatever. We could have some fun doing it. And then I'm like, if I do that, I should go back in the winter and drive through the Middle East by myself. And then if I've already driven all the way through the Middle East, I should figure out how to get across India or China or Mongolia. However, I'm like, and I've kind of pieced it together in my head. I'm like, guys, I could drive around the entire world. How cool would that be? And so, so that's what I'm, I was actually working on looking at flights, uh, just today to, you know, do that one. Um, 
and then and then you know I'm I, like I said I'm you know a dumb monkey and I see cool things online and I just want to do them and I, and I saw this guy jump off a hot air balloon recently and I'm like dude that looks pretty cool like with a skydiving you yeah, know setup. yeah I saw that and yeah. so I'm like you know. Uh, yeah, you know, he's like the guy with the nice hair. He has like a, you know, man bun or whatever. He's like three, two, one, you know, see ya boys or something yep. like this. And yep. he just falls into the abyss. And I'm like, dude, that would be cool. So I want to go recreate that. And, and so I've been looking and see like what it would take to go through like the skydiving a, a, uh, AFF program and uh, learning how to skydive and, and, you know, and then jumping off a hot air balloon. So those, those are a couple of things, you know, and then obviously you have all the major hikes in Utah that I want to do. So I've been training a lot for that. I'd like to do the rim to rim in, in the Grand Canyon. It's pretty, it's pre- pretty physically demanding. So it's a one day hike. You start on uh, whatever, I think the South rim, you hike all the way down to the bottom. It's, it's stupid vertical. I, I didn't know that is. that existed uh, until I was there at the Grand Canyon. And I was watching uh, people uh, come up at the end of the day and they had done the rim to rim and they said that they were leaving. Yeah. At I think three a.m. they would get the head start, and so they were already well yeah. on the trail and down into the canyon when the sun came up. And then uh, it's yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that that was a thing, and it looked super fun, but yeah, grueling, grueling, exactly. And so I've been I've been really training, like trying to get my body in shape for that. And like that's that that's that's a tough one, obviously, you know. And, and but I think it would be cool. It's been on my bucket list forever. You know, I I, I recently you know I did the Narrows in Zion you know, uh, not too long ago. And that, that was a super cool thing. There's another hike out there called the subway. That'd be really cool. You need to learn how to repel for the subway, I believe. And I don't know how to repel, but there's, that's what YouTube is for, right guys? You see on YouTube, how to repel for dummies. I'll buy a rope and I'll go figure it out. <laughs> well, we're we're going to enjoy following your, uh, your next adventures because, uh, you are now officially a, a friend of the truck show podcast. Oh man. I am so honored to be here with you guys. And, and I just, you know, thank you. Thank you for doing you. So YouTube, Banana Ron, or Instagram, the Banana Ron. You're going to find him and you're going to be entertained. And if you're stuck in a crappy dead-end job in a small apartment in a big city and you hate your life, live vicariously through our our friend Ron. No, man, hit me up on Instagram. I'll, I'll help you guys. I, I I will I will give you all my life advice free of charge and just try to try to figure out what I can do so you're no longer stuck in that spot anymore. We can we can move together as a group. Well, I, I, but love- I hope I hope everyone here becomes one of the banana people and they all go out and get bananas this summer. <laughs> that would be super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, so I'm releasing a video. It's supposed to come out this week, actually, uh, of all the all the locations, with exception of the location I give you, uh, will be published on YouTube with all the 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 GPS locations for all 28 golden bananas across the country. It's gonna be a banana so gold rush. Have, banana it's gonna gold be a banana rush. gold rush, guys. Get out there! And, well, <laughs> a banana rush. Yes, a banana so, rush. Uh, can you imagine? It's gonna be a banana rama. No joke, though. Can you imagine if you have people that are out there and they do all of them? How pissed off they are that they don't know about our podcast. They're not a yeah. listener. And, they and there's know, one left. There's one left. Or conversely, the positive side of what if all these people go out to find the bananas and then hang out with each other and they're like, are you here for the banana too? And then they just become buddies. Dude, you, that it. would be so cool. Imagine finding a fellow banana people out there. You're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. In the middle and of you nowhere. And also you see a Jeep. Yep. And you're then like, you're oh, like, oh yeah, come on over. We're having, banana a, people. we're having a banana jam. <laughs> and you come hang out in my banana, banana hammock, party, guys. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I want to go out to one of them. I, I know which one I want to go to, and I just want to camp there and chill out for a while and just wait. It's like after I release the coordinates to just see how long it takes for someone to find banana me. stalker. I'll be kicking it out with my dog. Yeah, you know, I think that'd be super cool. That would be a good but video. No, it's, it's just, well, camping out in, for like a week until someone finally shows up, 
And what I'm encouraging everyone to do is if you go on a banana hunt, take video, take pictures, and then hit me up I'll, either on my website. I, have, I own bananaron.com. I have a couple t-shirts on there if you want to buy a t-shirt or whatever. And, uh, but, but I'm having, I'm going to set up a way where everyone can submit all their, all their videos and photos from their adventures throughout the entire summer looking for bananas. And, uh, and then at the end of the year, I'm going to put together like a, I don't know, a completation of, of all the 2023 banana people. And every year, maybe I'll, I'll get all the banana people and make a video showing everyone's, you know, different adventure and, and whatever, we'll put it, put it up on YouTube and everyone's like, Oh, I made, I made the cut or whatever. It'd be, it'd be cool. I think, you know, obviously there's little kids in it. I put all the kids in because kids <laughs> love seeing themselves on TV. And I think that'd be fun, man. Like check it out, dad, I'm on YouTube. And so, so anyway, that's, that's that's what I'm looking to do. And I'm, and you know, and I'm thinking, man, if I go do this across Europe, I might as well bring some bananas and hide some bananas for all my, all my European friends, you know? And, and then who, who knows what, a, what guys, where, what kind of weird journey did I take where I'm like out here talking about hiding bananas in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> like, what, like what wrong turn did I take? But guys? you know, like, the problem, so, the problem is we, we, we tried to figure it out on this podcast and we're more confused now than when we started, but it's awesome. I love the fact that none of this, none of this was planned. It all happened. Like he's a guy no, that life is happening to our friend like, Ron. And he's got like, <laughs> he likes bananas and his friends give him the nickname. Listen, you know what the type of guy Ron is? He's the kind of guy when he has a banana that goes bad and mushy and soft and and close to being rotten. You know what he does? He makes banana he bread. He makes banana bread. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh! I thought you saw the video. I posted a video on Instagram, man. I, I, uh, I, I it, one went black and I mushed it all up so it was like a like a popsicle, like one of those like Otter Pop type, you know, whatever thing, like the popsicle, the plastic bag thing. And and my kids are daring me, and I try to squeeze the thing in my mouth, dude. Couldn't do it, guys. Couldn't do it. I thought I thought you saw that video on Instagram. No. Was die. Well, I, just, uh, you and I are now connected. This is Holman, so uh, so I'm one of your new followers. I can't wait to uh, watch your adventures, my friend. Oh my gosh, yeah. guys! It's so fun. I can't wait to get to together with you guys in real life. We got to like let me know. Just send me a DM or whatever. Let's go. Let's go do some overland in the summer. We need a couple of <laughs> banana ron T-shirts. That's what we need. We need. I, I would. Rock, I would rock some banana ron T-shirts for sure. Two, two extra larges for your friends yeah. in uh, Southern no, California. Okay, careful, careful, careful. Two extra larges. Yes, not two extra. Oh yeah, that's right. right. I don't want to be confused. He's <laughs> like, man, those guys are fat. <laughs> We're not that big. Yes. I, I, no, no, I got you. Ron, it has been an absolute joy to hang out with you for an hour. Thanks, brother. Guys, this was a fun night, guys. I uh, I look forward to meeting you guys in real life sometime, and we'll, let's go make some bad decisions together. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and, Everybody. And, and kids, kids. Banana Ron, everyone. Yeah, Thank you, guys. Have a nice yeah. night. All right. Thanks, Ron. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, wait. The hey, audience guys, is going Oh, well, they love him. The audience oh, yeah. loves him. Look at that guy in the back. <laughs> the guy in the back is... Uh, Standing ovation. Oh, I know that guy. He's actually my dad. I think that's my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down. Oh, that's great. All right, Ron. Thank you. You're the best. Congrats. Okay, guys. You have a fantastic day. Thank you. All right. right. Bye. Later. Bye. All right, Holman, you ready for some uh, truck news? Sure. Right. What's What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! 
That's right. Yeah, hey, Lightning, did you hear? Oh, jeez. I mean, no. No. No, no, no I didn't. Were you going to say something? No. No, I wasn't ready. Okay, good. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is kind of weird. Mm. Uh, Stellantis is limiting allocation of combustion-only vehicles in 14 states. So you can still buy a gasoline-powered uh, Jeep or Ram, but it's going to be limited as to what you can pick out. So apparently, Stellantis is no longer going to stock combustion-only vehicles in the... <laughs> 14 stupid states that follow uh, the California Air Resources Board. Uh, yes, we understand the California cancer is spreading, and uh, this one's a frustrating one for us. Apparently, this place blows. The decision comes from following emission guidelines that were set by the California Air Res- uh, Resources Board that exceed nationwide standards. So that doesn't mean that customers in these states can't order a gasoline-powered vehicle, but it means that the uh, they're not going to be stocked at the dealer. So... So Stellantis basically said it stopped allocations of models with internal combustion engines without any sort of electrification, unless there's a specific customer order. Dealers in non-carb states, which are the sane ones, they're no longer going to be able to receive deliveries of plug-in hybrids without customer orders. So that's kind of backwards. Wait, wait, I don't even understand that. Basically, Stellantis is saying that they've stopped allocations of models with ICE engines and no electrification to dealerships unless there are custom orders in those 14 states. Outside of those 14 states, dealers in the non-carb states are no longer able to receive deliveries of plug-in hybrids without custom orders. So it's like the haves and have-nots. So this, these states are only going to be plug-ins in stock, and these ones are only going to be ice. So there's going to be a huge market of people buying out of state. It's, the whole thing's weird. Is this a shell game for carbon credits? I it's it's definitely politics. So I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. I know not everybody agrees with our point of view on that, but uh, I it's it's frustrating that you. Let me put it this way: I think everybody can agree that it's frustrating when you go to buy something that you want and it's not available. I'll leave it at that. Holman, did you hear? Uh, probably. So I put this up on the uh, bank's Facebook page yesterday, not really knowing if it would do anything. And then 185 comments and 742 shares later, less than 24 hours later, people went bonkers over this thing. So General Motors officials announced on Friday morning plans to invest $920 million to expand the DMAX facility in Brookville, Ohio reports the uh, Dayton Daily News. The news of the investment sends a message that Duramax-powered medium and heavy-duty vehicles remain a substantial part of the automaker's future. At least that's what we think. So I asked Gail, I said, what do you, what do you think about this? And he goes, this is huge. Yeah, So Gail and, the, and the, some of the engineers, when I was actually there at the Brookville plant early last year after the uh, christening of the facility, and he wrote, uh, diesel engines are for work vehicles. If you're going to work a vehicle, battery electric is far from ready for this task. Today's, this is Gail, by the way, today's heavy-duty EV pickups are- By the way, he's not alone with that point of view. No, I know. So he says, um, today's heavy-duty EV pickups are for early adopter fanboys. It's going to take the next generation of battery tech, and uh, it's simply not here yet. It's a long way away, not ready for prime time. If you're going to build a plant to make the next generation of Duramax diesel engines that is four times larger than the existing one, that's quite a commitment to the diesel pickup market opportunity. GM did their homework, and this plant expansion is the result. You don't spend a billion dollars if you don't think there's a bright future for diesel engines. This announcement is incredibly meaningful. That's all from Gail. The new plant will be home to more than 800 workers. So what they're doing is they're going to migrate the employees and the equipment from the Moraine, Ohio DMAX facility, which has been in operation since the first LB7. I think it's LB7 or LBZ. Get them backwards. I think it's the LB7 engine way back in 2000. This plant's been 
going since then. They're going to migrate it over to the Brookville plant and expand it. Huge. From 250,000 square feet now to 1.1 million square feet when it's done. Massive. Massive. So strong demand for the Chevy and GMC pickups forced GM basically to make more diesel engines and they needed the capacity and the and the footprint to be able to do it. So people were pretty stoked on this to see GM stepping up. Yes, GM looks like is also stepping up in the EV market, right? Obviously. Well, we, well, hold on. So we, we've already covered on the show that GM backtracked from the all EV future and they said that they are investing in the small block V8 for the sixth generation and that trucks, heavy duty and above 2,500 above, would still have ICE power plants. And so- I don't think that's news necessarily, but they're not going to spend that money unless it's real. There's a lot of talking points, right? Like the whole, oh, we're going to be all battery by 2035, which is complete bumpkiss. You know, they're spending money on the plant, so you guys can be rest assured that ICE will be a viable uh, powertrain for, you know, uh, trucks for generations to come still. I mean, there's just, there's no replacement for the displacement of an internal combustion engine, especially when it comes to trucks and work. What my fear is, it'll no longer be America if they start regulating who's allowed to buy these trucks. Oh, we have to have a business license or something. You can't just have one to tow your boat. Or I mean, who knows what that slippery slope looks like? The the way that they're trying to demonize, which uh, you know, tr- big truck drivers and owners, you know, you started with the giant grills that smashed little children. It's insane. You know, and that his, I know the, that's the, just his, evil. By yeah. the way, trying to position trucks that way. Yeah, and and. and it's good to know that, you know, the business case and money is is definitely winning out. I think fleets have spoken, customers have spoken, and ICE is, uh, is what you want in your pickup. So um, hopefully uh, the powers that be will change and uh, understand that you can't mandate a technology that's not ready. And, and don't get me wrong. I've said this before. I don't hate EVs. I actually like EVs. I actually own a plug-in hybrid. For the right use case, it's going to take a tapestry of technologies for us to continue to have the right technology for the right use case. And as long as the customer gets the chance to choose, I'm I'm well, fine with uh, things marching forward. So I can back that up. In the comments, there's a lot of comments. Like I said, almost 200 comments on the story that I posted. A couple of the guys are like, oh, well, that's of course, you guys are in the diesel market. Of course, you'd be behind this. But you can't pretend like EVs already haven't won. And I can't play. You guys are being left in the dust. And I said, ah, uh, pause, pause. Banks was chosen as one of only two manufacturers to design and build a hybrid Humvee. Now, I couldn't say that a few months ago because there hadn't been any stories written about it, but Breaking Defense and there's a a few other Army-related news sites that have named Gail Banks Engineering, our parent company, as being chosen to hybridize the Humvee. So it's not like... The companies that just do diesel are asleep at the wheel. It's that we believe, like Holman does, is that it's being sh- uh, electrification is being shoved down our throats. But we're still actively developing systems to be part of the future, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, technology is going to march on, and uh, and nobody that I know is is upset about that. What they're upset about is it being mandated before it's ready. So. You know, the consumer should decide what the right choice is for their use case, and we should all keep moving forward. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. Nope. So Toyota did this weird uh, teasing that the Land Cruiser may be coming back to the U.S. Mm. They did a Facebook post that had a whole lot of Land Cruiser badges 
from various generations and fonts of the Land Cruiser. And it said something like, nothing better than a comeback story. The legend continues. And then something else said, you didn't think we'd stay away this long. Well, people are assuming that it's the 300 series Land Cruiser, which is what our Lexus uh, LX600 is. I'm not so sure if that's the case. I've been reading a lot of uh, scuttlebutt, if you will. And the that Lexus GX 550 just got released. And what I'm hearing is we may not get the big one. That's what she said. As I would say, we may not get the larger Land Cruiser. Basically, Toyota made a decision that, you know, the, the amount of Land Cruisers that were selling a year versus what they could build, because it's all built in basically a landlocked plant called Land Cruiser City in Japan. And there's only so many. They rather have the higher profit margin of the Lexus version. And the Land Cruiser fans are freaking out because they want a Toyota version of that. That's not as luxurious. That's more off-road centric. But I just don't see Toyota going back on that decision. What I do think is possibly going to happen, and I don't have any insider information, the other Land Cruiser is the Land Cruiser Prado. That's the smaller Land Cruiser. That's what shares a, pl- a chassis with the Lexus GX550. Mm. I am wondering if a more affordable Toyota version of the Land Cruiser Prado doesn't come over here. Because then they have a more efficient SUV, a smaller pr- footprint, more off-road capability in a vehicle that they can bring downstream from, say, $60,000 to maybe $50,000 rather than from you know $90,000 or $100,000 to seventy or something like that. My guess is that probably the GX550 is getting a more capable Toyota brethren that will be the Land Cruiser. Interesting. But theory. I don't know. Right. So it's just a theory. Hmm. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but Toyota is teasing that Land Cruiser is returning. And, and for those of you in the know, Land Cruiser is not taken lightly. A Land Cruiser has, to, it's almost like the Jeep Trail rated badge. To be a Land Cruiser has to meet some very strict criteria and uh, capability, body integrity, quality, all of those things. If you see Land Cruiser on a vehicle, it's because that vehicle has been designed to be a Land Cruiser and it's built Land Cruiser City. It's not just, uh, oh, well, we're going to Raptorize everything and we're going to have a Bronco Raptor, a Ranger Raptor, an F-150 Raptor, 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 Raptor. No, Land Cruiser is something that is special on Toyota vehicles. So uh, remains to be seen. Stay tuned. Later this year, uh, we should have an announcement, maybe even as early as later this summer, of uh, Toyota telling us what they're doing. Hey, uh, Holman, have you heard? Nope. So Cars and Bids, which is that site run by our friend uh, Doug DeMiro, this is a Toyota. Yeah. You know that guy? He's not my friend, but okay. No, I don't know him either, but I I am a fan of his. So he uh, founded this site, Cars and Bids. I can't watch him, I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love Doug DeMiro, yeah. I'm going to show you the... Interesting points and eccentricities of this Bugatti Chiron. So on Cars and Bids, which uh, is his site, he's got a 2016 Toyota Tacoma TRD off-road double cab 4x4 up for auction. It's powered by a 6.2 liter LS3 V8 swap, four-wheel drive, Icon Stage 4 suspension kit, and numerous modifications. By the time you are hearing this, it's only got a couple of days before the auction closes. Current bid... What do you think right now? It is a, uh, again, LS-powered 16 Tacoma. What, what do you think the highest bid is right now? Uh, $69,000. $10,700. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's about. There's only seven bids on this thing so far. Hmm. What is the deal? If that thing was stock, it would be double that. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. 
No, no, didn't hear. Chevy Colorado has reclaimed its second place in sales in its segment, so in mid-sized trucks, uh, after a really rough Q1 where the Colorado, uh, the new body style, was launching. Uh, There's a lot of uh, low inventory levels. Uh, well, at the time of uh, us doing this podcast, apparently the Colorado is ranked second in midsize, and it puts it above the Ranger, the Frontier, the Gladiator, uh, but obviously still a long way to go uh, before touching the uh, Toyota Tacoma. LS3-powered Toyota Tacoma? Nope, oh. nope. It, it, it'll be hybrid. Oh. Uh, according to GM Authority, for reference, the sales of Colorado fell 40% during Q1 to 13,256 units. And it lost 4% of market share. So that's Ooh. that's a lot. So it's down uh, 12% total as a result of the diluted inventory levels. So it'll be interesting to see uh, when the Q2 numbers come in where it lands. But the uh, extra inventory levels and the really strong reviews of the Colorado are definitely uh, pushing their sales. So they were at 15% of market share in Q4 of 2022 and down to 12 in uh, 2023. So Q2 will be interesting uh, to see where it lands. Hmm. Hey, Holman, did you hear? I don't know. According to many of our listeners that have DM'd me, Utah is coming out with black plates with white letters. So you are moving to Utah. I have already moved to Utah, packed up the family, and I have a place in uh, St. George. Uh, And uh, when will you be gone? I've already moved. This is my last show. See you later. (laughs) Uh, I'll be the word that you're saying. Uh, Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, I have not. Mm-mm. Uh, allegedly, truck lovers, they want beige. Beige trucks uh, hold their value 2x more than silver trucks. Who's talking about this? And apparently, no way. Yellow. No, no, no. Yellow has the uh, the best resale value. No, it does not. No. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So, no, uh, it doesn't. I- IC Cars uh, recently did a study, and they compared pricing data for over 1.3 million three-year-old used cars on the U.S. market. No. And uh, check this out. So, truck depreciation by color. Beige was number one with only 7.9% after three years. No. You're a lying sack of shit. No. No. Orange was... O- 10.9 no, in second that's place. Not, that's, that ain't true. No. That's not true. Green was 11.6% at number three. Facts no. Brown was number four at 13.2. And gray was uh, five, tied with white at 15.1. Uh, the average was 15.6. Is this because the, there's were so few of those uh, on yes, the road? Yes, I would think because they're mostly okay. buzz models. But uh, the depreciation of uh, silver, blue, purple, which could also fall in that limited edition category... Mm. And red were 16.5, 16.3, 16.2, 16.1, and black was also 16.1. So, interesting that that, that means came nothing. Out, that and means nothing. it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. Nope. Apparently, a uh, company in Germany, it's uh, a, a group that apparently was an outlet called Handelsblatt, and they uh, shared with Wired a 2022 report from uh, January. Part of a hundred gigabytes of file leaked by a Tesla whistleblower said that uh, Cybertruck prototypes are far behind schedule with serious powertrain, braking, suspension, structural, and sealing issues plaguing it. Oh, you can hear the Tesla engineer in the office saying, now, now, in all fairness, this was a year and a half ago, so Uh I'm assuming that a lot of it has been fixed, but some of the problems Hmm. were- No, 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 no. 
That's the guy no. checking off all the boxes of safety in uh, Germany. No, what he was saying is, no, 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 no. These uh, brakes are four out of ten. They're poor. Oh. Uh, apparently, the Cybertruck, at least uh, at the time of this uh, leaking, um, was uh, basically being chastised for excessive brake pedal travel, brake dive, and inconsistent stop. Uh, said that the uh, Tesla customer would likely be very dissatisfied with the uh, Cybertruck's brakes. Mm. Another, you know what? Uh, blowing a call to our friends uh, over at Willwood might be smart. Apparently, Tesla's Cybertruck suspension also uh, had a lot of issues because, well, while it was derived from Model X with double A arms at all four corners, it was allegedly uh, prone to excessive body roll, float, motorboating. <laughs> in quotes okay in tell quotes. me more uh and that the uh electric pickup when it hit potholes the front wheels would tend to tow out while the rear's towed in under braking oh my lord which is sounds like a hot mess Oof. uh it, it also seemed that throttle uh helped to make it worse and uh, high head toss and excessive mid-speed abruptness and chop uh-huh. were all things reported. There's a there. German engineer in the passenger seat going around the test course with a clipboard and a bunch of check boxes, and he's checking them off right now. No, 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 no. And you wonder why we have four-hour shows. Hey, Lighting, how about the four-wheel steering on the Tesla Cybertruck? What? Okay, what? Uh, apparently, it had a 50 millisecond of delay after steering input, significantly more than what engineers deemed acceptable. Their limit was just five milliseconds. Uh, so that means that when you did steering inputs, it would feel laggy. Uh, did you make a steering wheel monster from Banks that you could <laughs> not speed that gonna, up? Not going to help them no? on this okay. project. Right, no, no. Uh, apparently, uh, also the way that the Cybertruck is built was another uh, I- issue. Uh, Elon has described it as an exoskeleton. The first ones were hand-built, but they're a third less stiff than their targets. So poor torsional rigidity, uh, which is not great for a pickup that is supposed to do pickup truck So well, here's what I'm hearing. It's harder to build a pickup truck than Tesla thought. If that's even considered a pickup truck. It's more of like an activity vehicle, if you ask me. But uh, it sounds like the, uh, the, the, the remedy was to add some additional bracing, um, but it will increase the curb weight at the expense of range. And all the other things. And then it could also make the suspension and brake issues not great. What I'm hearing is that I'm not going to be able to exercise my $100 deposit anytime soon. The engineers also noted uh, 21 potential noise leaks in the hand seal <laughs> prototypes, which might not be well good for sound or uh, wet weather. Mm. So that's uh, interesting. The panel gaps... More problems. Talked about autopilot. They're still going? <laughs> driving what? problems. Yeah, I'm just going through these documents here and, and all the things that got you know highlighted. <sighs> so it sounds like uh, there's some more issues there. Um, I, I just, again, sort of at, at least as of a year and a half ago, sounds a little bit like a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, you got to look at the way that they, it's not very aerodynamic, right? I mean, it looks like a Zumwalt cruiser or a F-117 and it's... Uh, I mean, I, I I mean, you could argue that it's more aerodynamic than a big, you know, a full size Ram. Can you dually or something, right? Can you? I I mean, I would think it looks aerodynamic. <laughs> no, like it a doesn't. Wing. It looks like a bunch of wedges. That's like the F one seventeen. It had to have a computer fly it 
because it was, it, you know what they called that thing? It, is you know it because it has a bunch of low pressure zones? No, it's because it's faceted, just like the t- Cybertruck. They called the, the nickname of the thing was the Hopeless Diamond hmm. because it, they, nobody thought it could fly. And that's this thing. I mean, all those square edges. You think a Wrangler's noisy? Could you imagine? Cybertruck? Interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with that thing. But um, I wish we'd just come out already so we can, you know, stop surmising. There was another one that was just caught the other day out on the highway, but it was wrapped in like an urban camo. Hmm. And you're going like, why? We know what it we is. Know, we know what it looks like. <laughs> Maybe are they trying to draw attention to it now or something? I don't know. Anyway. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, 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 no. 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 Nope. There's a lot of no's in this episode. I'd, I'd like to hear yes for a change. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. The uh, Ford Ranger Raptor. Uh, just finished uh, racing in Australia's uh, Fink race. Which Tell is, me more. Uh, pretty important race there. It won its class at the 47th Tats Fink Desert Race in Australia. Um, and it's a two-day race from Alice Springs to Aputula, or Fink, and back. And it's always held over the Queen's birthday in June. And uh, at the helm of the truck was uh, Brad Lovell, who actually, no, I wonder if we can get Brad on the show to come talk about it. Basically, raising. I think it was him and his uh, his son uh, uh, Byam was his co driver, and so that's pretty cool. Um, they finished the grueling two hundred and eighty five mile round trip in five hours, fifty six minutes, and thirty seconds. And he pretty much a bone stock Raptor had a snorkel and some other things like that. The combined times of day one were uh, three hours five minutes eleven seconds, and day two was two hours fifty one minutes and eighteen seconds. The day two time actually set a time record for the production four wheel drive class, which is pretty cool. But you know what they didn't do? What hide bananas in the desert? Uh, they definitely didn't do that. Nope. Uh, I'll, I mean, we think I should reach out to Brad. I bet he would come on the show and talk about it. That'd be pretty cool. Please. I mean, he's the first person to you know one of the first people to drive a bone stock Raptor, and he pushed it. And apparently, the the truck did amazingly well out there, which is which is pretty great. And if you'll recall, the uh, Ranger Raptor also won its class at the 2022 Baja 1000. So um, it seems like Ford durability on the truck is is really high, and Ford's really making a run for it. If uh, if you just uh, as a reminder, also it's got the three liter twin turbo EcoBoost V6 out of the uh, Bronco, uh, although it makes a little less power. Four oh, o- I just had assumed that he was doing the Raptor R. Hmm. No, Ranger, not the big one. Oh, duh. Wow. Yeah. Holy mackerel. So 405 horsepower, 430 pound-feet of torque. It's also a little bit less than the Bronco by about 400, 450 pounds. So even though it's down on power compared to the same powertrain, uh, it's a lot lighter. So the power-to-weight ratio is better. So anyway, just uh, just cool. I will, I'm going to reach out to Brad and see if he wants to come on the show. I think that would be super cool. Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. Uh, I'm pretty sure you heard about this one. Ram 1500 TRX that uh, set a new quarter mile record. Uh, yeah, I heard about it. Yes. Now, you seem to be jaundiced about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the TRX, it's about uh, stock somewhere around 12 and a half at 107, 108 ET. That's that's basically your, your stock numbers from a TRX. But apparently, uh, Jeremy Brown, uh, he's the owner and driver of a 2021 Ram TRX. He was able to take large Marge, is what he calls his TRX, his twin turbocharged daily driven all wheel drive, uh, 9.31 at an insane 144.75. Yeah. Holy moly. He has, the trap was a little slower at 9.42 previously, but he did get, or his uh, time, but his trap speed was 145. So I think he's done 145 in the quarter. Wow. So. What is your. My beef? Beef with this. So my beef isn't with 
him setting the record. I think he earned the record. My issue is with the belly slung twin turbo kit. This is all your opinion, by the way, uh, not your scientific data. No, absolutely You're not representing not. your and employer. here's why I feel this like is this. is just you from reading forums and knowing what you know. For knowing what I know about turbo systems, I think he probably is increasing boost just a little bit. I guess I don't like the way he's doing it. That's just me. I don't like the way that they're selling this $8,000 turbo kit when you should just be upgrading your supercharger. I think he could have set that record with supercharger, maybe nitrous. After after watching Gale at work blow turbos as an experiment into a supercharger, the supercharger becomes the brick wall. All right. The supercharger the supercharger becomes the limit. So it's like a restrictor plate. It is, is it is like a restrictor plate. So, so according uh, to uh, Motor Trend, it says that uh with the exception of pure drivetrain solution stage two transmission and the Ripatune spec uh, billet stator race converter, the rest of the drivetrain is original. Uh, it says that uh, it should have well over a thousand horsepower obtained primarily through bolt-ons that include a hopped-up fuel system, 2150cc injectors, dual booster pump, a Ripatune billet air-to-water intake manifold that replaced the supercharger, which ultimately proved to be a major airflow restriction. So he's not even running a supercharger on there okay, anymore. Okay, so then hold on a second. Yeah. Then I need to I need to unwind what I just said. All right. So now you I, love it. So it's not that I love it, but okay. then he's replaced. The supercharger with turbos. That means it's a totally different setup. I can't comment on that. All right. So it says, and of course, the company's TTRX twin turbo setup in ECM calibration. Uh, traction is managed by uh, the Hoosier DR2 drags on inky lightweight wheels. So it's a 325, 45, 18. So it sounds like there's no more blower, but is yeah. he still doing belly mounted turbos or the turbos no, now no, in the, the engine compartment? Those are, as far as I know, and I'll do some research, I believe those turbos are in the engine bay. So this is They're a proper turbo set. I then. believe it's a proper turbo set. Because right. I think Steve Rippa, the guy who built this, has proper turbo uh, system uh, engineering background. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like his belly mounted turbo. I think he's selling some guys some snake oil with that particular kit. Your opinion. That is 100% Not my opinion. Not the opinion of the show or your employer. Absolutely. Just lightning and That is it. just me. Why don't you have him on the show? I, I guess maybe I just am scared to argue with him. Because <laughs> he's going to obliterate you? I, maybe, maybe not. Oh, I don't know. All right. But hey. I, but this, this twin turbo kit under, that's under the hood, that might be the bee's knees. What exactly are the bee's knees? I don't know. It's what old people say. I think it's, it's funny. I don't even know anybody who would ever <laughs> say that. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. Apparently the uh, Ford F-150 Raptor uh, is getting a redesign. There's a uh, mule cut out with a camoed front and then a, uh, I guess, you know, covering over the dashboard. So I, I don't can't imagine that the dash is getting redesigned or anything like that, but uh, it's... Uh, Definitely getting a new Raptor grill. So whatever that means for it is keeping the Raptor fresh on the uh, F-150 side of things. So. All right. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Uh, No. It's time for some inbox. Oh, yeah, it is. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, Holman, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first because we got a lot to get to. Thank you guys for writing to us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or at Sean P. Holman on the gram or at LBC Lightning, which is where this one came to me from uh, uh, Brian Hutchins. So at LBC Lightning on the gram. Hey, Lightning, been listening to the podcast since episode one. That's super cool. Uh, Looking to replace the factory stereo in my 2003 expedition. And I was wondering if you had any recommendations for retailers 
to get a full install kit, one that includes a bezel adapter and as much of the wiring as possible. Uh, and yes, I did a little research and my friends at Metra, that's Metra Online, I think everyone I know has had Metra kits in their car. Uh, they're really well designed. So it's the plastic, double din, assume you're going to go double din. And they also have a plug and play wire harness and they even offer speaker adapters so you don't have to cut and splice. So MetraOnline.com for that. I got one here. Uh, Frontier four stars, no five stars. From uh, Greg Madden, who uh, has now famously given us four stars and hopefully has gone back to uh, the Apple podcast app to correct that since we read his last two emails in there. Hey, uh, Greg says, first time I've seen one of these when I was stopped. I could safely take a picture of my 21 Wrangler. Headed out to pick up some bourbon for the weekend. Love the show. Yeah, buddy. You pick. And five stars. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Five stars. So what's funny about that is he says, P.S. Holman, don't get envious of my city average mileage. The Jeep is stock with a turbo four-cylinder. So the picture shows a Nissan Frontier in front of him, and then uh, in the foreground is his dash, which has uh, 19.5 miles per gallon and shows a range of 248 miles, which uh, at first I was going to make fun of him until I realized that was his city mileage and uh, <laughs> about 2x what I see. Although I will tell you, uh-huh. I re- I hand calculate my, my mileage on my 392, yeah. and my recent uh, best was 16.4 on 37s. That's I mean, way that's, better than my 11.6. I mean, 16.4, not bad. And that was over a full tank, like 330 miles. Yeah. I feel good. I, listen, if this thing gets 15 on the highway, I'm happy. 16.4, that's over 300 miles of range. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm cruising, dude. I was high-fiving myself when I got 11.7 one day. Yeah, I think my record on the uh, old four-wheeler uh, long-termer was, what, 11.9 or something like that, average? Maybe that was best. Yeah. I that's 12.3 maybe, I think. Another one, uh, at LBC Lightning on the uh, on the gram, Caden wrote, and he said, uh, hey, here's a, a picture of a Nissan Frontier taken from the cab of my 2004 F-250 6 liter. I love listening to you guys throughout the day while working with my dad. And Caden, uh, stickers are on the way. Well, we love uh, that the Truck Show podcast brings fathers and sons together, especially since we are recording this right before Father's Day. Oh, yeah, we are. All right, got this one here from uh, Jonathan Randolph. says, howdy, gentlemen. Boy, do I have a story for you. The other day I was driving home, listening to the podcast as I normally do, and as I was driving, a brand new Nissan Frontier pulled up beside me, creating the perfect photo deserving of a sticker. See the attached photo and prepare to be amazed. Also, I'd like to hear y'all expertish JK, opinion on the new Tundra TRD Pros. I've always been a American truck guy, but my better half just bought a 2023 Lexus NX, and after riding it, I was so impressed with the build quality, so it really got me wondering if the new Tundras are just as good since they're made by the same folks. What are your thoughts? Uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. And uh, you can see his Frontier uh, photos here. You see that? Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think the Tundra's nice. Uh, it could do without the fake engine noise on the hybrid models on the Pro, and the suspension's pretty decent. I think uh, if you go to four-wheeler... Uh, page on Motor Trend. So uh, go to motortrend.com. Uh, look at our four wheeler pickup truck of the year from last year. The stories are still online. Uh, even though the magazine doesn't exist, the content still does. Uh, and you can read our uh, feelings on the TRD Pro. We tested it against a whole bunch of stuff, including the Raptor. So there's some really valuable information in there. Yeah, Toyotas are great in terms of build quality. And they make a really you know uh, great overall product for the average consumer. But their enthusiast vehicles for me sometimes fall a little bit flat. I'm actually more excited about the Pro on the Tacoma than I am about the Pro in the uh, Tundra. It just felt like, like it wasn't the, uh, enough You like the me. shock absorbers in the seat? I think that's pretty cool. Hmm. 
And then uh, Reptar TRX hit me up at LBC Lightning on the gram and he wrote, uh, hey, just pulled the trigger on the Willwood setup. We have the exact same wheel and tire package and now the same brakes on our trucks. I was hesitant due to the fitment until I stumbled on your page on truckshowpodcast.com, which is pretty cool. Uh, Holman's 392 and my TRX, the, the build pages, they go through all the stuff we bolted on our trucks and the mods. And that was pretty cool that he saw that. And um, I, then I trolled his Instagram. It looks like he's got the uh, charcoal gray color with a smart cap and a Granite rooftop crystal. tent. Uh, Granite crystal, is that what it is? Okay. Got a, a really cool addictive designs, front bumper, Baja lights, geyser springs, fouts, underbelly, plating. Super stoked that um, we could be uh, promoting products through uh, truckshowpodcast.com. I got one here from our friend Trevor who writes in uh, all the time. He says, On X success over the weekend, I was going to meet a group of buddies who had set up camp in the Stanislaus National Forest on Friday, but I was heading up Saturday morning solo about an hour outside the final destination. You lose cell service while still on the highway. I had the trailhead plugged into Google Maps, and usually Google's fine once you lose service as long as you don't exit the mapping. Well, I accidentally (laughs) exited the mapping and CarPlay, and without service, it wouldn't load directions. Google wouldn't even render the map to see where I was. In comes Onyx. I opened it up, and to my surprise, it rendered the map without service and showed me where I was and updated my location in live time. I had previously saved some of this forest in my offline maps, but this was actually just outside the offline border, so I don't know if they include a buffer or what. I was able to read Onyx just like a paper map and figure out my turns to get navigated to the trailhead. Saved my bacon. Uh, with that said, please pass the word along to the Onyx team that we need an option on CarPlay to lock north. Uh, I do agree with that. That's one of the things that I do like reading it like a proper map, whereas my wife likes to follow the arrow, and uh, I, I, I would agree with Locked North. He says, in CarPlay, the map follows you in real time, so it's spinning and rotating as you switch back and makes it confusing to keep a constant heading. I found a little workaround that if I just pan the map a little bit while facing north, I can get to freeze the view, but then I have to manually keep panning my track's progress. Funny, I've done the exact same thing, so I will definitely pass it on to the Onyx team, but glad you had a great experience with the the uh, the app and uh, for me i run an ipad mini off of a ram ball on my dash and so basically uh, i don't use it with carplay because i just have the mini run everything and it, it works perfect so uh, again if you guys uh, want to check out onyx for your adventures uh, highly recommended and even trevor our listener had a good experience so listener jeremy reached out to me on instagram and he said uh hey lightning what is the name of the car cover company you and holman recommended on the truck show podcast and will they stand up to rain and snow and Holman? Yep. The answer is absolutely. Yes, they do. So, Amazing car covers. Yep. California car cover. And I am going to recommend the Superweave. The Superweave is, they've got a bunch of different materials, but Superweave is the one you want for rain and snow. It's bizarre. It's like water resistant, snow resistant, but it still breathes. I don't know how they do it. It is. And I've got them on all my cars and trucks. I'll do you one better. You can use Truck Show at checkout at calcarcover.com for 15% off, Brosef. Truck Show at checkout, calcarcover.com for 15% off because Jimmy DeFrank and his family are freaking rad. All right. I got uh, two from the same person, and I will, uh, I'll read the first one first. This starts out, Hola, Lightning and Holman. Emmanuel Ahablaki. Well, I don't okay. really speak Spanish, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, use the uh, translator on uh, Google here. That's about <laughs> as right. far. Actually, that's not true. I only speak bad Spanish, and my wife gets mad at me every time uh, since she is Hispanic and will yell at me for saying bad things. I beautiful thing about having Gmail is you hit view translated message, and it turns into, hi, Holman and Lightning. 
Emmanuel speaking here. Thank you so much for the decal you sent me from the Truck Show podcast. I will be putting them on my 2017 Chevy Colorado soon. I hope they read this on the air. It would be great shame if they don't. I live in Arizona for 15 years now, but I was born in Mexico, so I know Spanish and English. I love the podcast and will continue to listen until they stop doing it. Good luck with the Google Translate. <laughs> Thanks, and five stars. Five star review! Five stars! Uh, he also did a uh, follow-up email with a regular uh, email in English, and so this is actually pretty interesting. So Emmanuel says, hello, Light Switch and Mr. P. Okay. <laughs> Listening to uh, the episode on the email of the gentleman asking about diesel or gas, I work for the County Public Works, and they just recently purchased a fleet of F-250 trucks, both in diesel and gas, and honestly, we're having problems with both. The diesel trucks regen all the time that they're on, and the gassers, half of them have blown up transmissions, are currently in the dealer waiting for parts. Yes, I do agree that diesels don't get the proper use they need to burn all the def crap. We usually drive them empty or pulling a trailer for about 20 minutes in the morning and 20 in the afternoon. The rest of the day, they're mostly idling and doing the regen thing. Anyways, I'm glad I'm not a Ford guy. Finnegan's, yeah, buddy. And keep up the okay work. Yeah, buddy. He says, look out for my next email that I'll be writing in Spanish. Hope you read that one, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we uh, we got that, Emmanuel. And, uh, of course, dude, we appreciate you listening to the Truck Show Podcast and uh, challenging our uh, linguistic abilities, which are very, very narrow. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, the Truck Show, oh, oh. All right, he's at Sean P. Holman on the gram. I'm at LBC Lighting. You can reach him directly at Holman at truckshowpodcast.com or me directly at lightning at truckshowpodcast.com or the show in general, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. It's a lot to remember, but we're if you want to reach us, there's no excuse. Listen, uh, you can also go to our website, www.truckshowpodcast.com. Or you can leave us a message on the five-star hotline, 658. No, no, it's not. Seven. Wow. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. Yeah, I totally. Here we go again. Listen to me party. carefully. I got it. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. There you go. After six years, for some reason, <laughs> the, I think it's the cookies that uh, replaced that knowledge in There's my brain. There's one left. Are you having that or my? No, that's that? you. I can't. Oh, I really? can't I'm gonna eat it right now. Well, you need it because you're fading. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I, you, when I'm fading, you could get the number out. No, that's me having memory loss. Oh. Your your energy's fading. I have good energy. Oh. I just can't remember anything. Oh, well, I'm eating the cookie right now. I think Lightning likes coming to uh, do the podcast uh, on Saturdays because my wife buys him lunch uh-huh. and then feeds him dessert, which is oh, the best. I'm like, why, Dude, why are you taking care of Lightning? As soon as I rolled up, your lovely bride brought me in and out yeah because i texted you half an hour earlier chocolate like, chip cookies do you uh-huh. want in and out mm-hmm. and you come walking down the side yard and you're like <laughs> whatever you say when you come here and i'm like did you check your phone <laughs> and then you was, look and you go <laughs> i was listening to music rocking out on the way here dude you almost missed out on a double double well i didn't i got it yeah because my wife asked for it at the window and got it because in and out's super, awesome super stoked yeah so all right, we got to thank well, Nissan, our presenting sponsor. Thanks for uh, supporting us, the Truck Show Podcast, and I hope that you would support Nissan, too. At least put them on your list if you're looking for a new truck, whether it's a half-ton Nissan Titan or a Titan XD. Of course, those trucks come with the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, or the mid-sized Nissan Frontier. You're all about dependability, durability, quality. You can't beat a Nissan truck. You can build and price them at NissanUSA.com, or head down to your local dealer where you can see them in person.
And when you're trying to cool off the rear end, your axle is just over-temping, and you're like, what am I going to do about it? i got to replace the rear diff cover. You go to BanksPower.com, you pick yourself up a patented Banks Ram Air Rear Differential Cover, the only one on the market that cools five times better than stock. Head over to BanksPower.com to find yours. And if you need uh, new shocks for your uh, blown-out ride, Bill Stein offers a full range of truck and off-road products. Bill Stein has been around for a hundred and fifty years, if you can believe that. Sounds like you're just making it up. No, I'm not. And they make shocks for trail-ready rigs or for trucks that work overtime, towing trailers, or just your commuter. Whatever you have, they've got an application for you, whether it's a direct replacement stock height, all the way up to race shocks and anything in between. Head over to BillsteinUS.com, where you can also check out the year make model tool on their catalog and see all the options they have for your truck. And Holman, this is pretty cool. On X Off-Road, our favorite map app, has a 4th of July sale. You can get 30% off select memberships for the next couple weeks if you use Freedom 30 at checkout. 30% off the premium membership and 30% off the elite membership. It's normally like 100 bucks a year for the elite for a year, 70. Can I tell you something about elite? What's that? Not only do you get to see the uh, property owners and the, that um, layer on your Onyx map, but there's also a freaking awesome partnership with a whole bunch of great companies where you can get discounts like 20% off Rugged Radios, 20% off Dometic, uh, deals on Method Wheels, Barnes 4-Wheel Drive, Yukon Gear and Axle, Warren Winches, Roof Nest, RTR Vehicle. So what you're saying is I can save 30% off the subscription and then... The first purchase you make through any of these companies... I'll pay for Onyx. We'll pay for Onyx. Marlin Crawler, Red Dog Tools, Patriot Campers, Evo Power Sports, FXR Racing, Max Tracks, Rigid Lights, Rhino Rack, Outdoor by 4, BDS, JKS, and what? One year free access to OVR Magazine if you are an elite member of... Onxmaps.com? That's right. So uh, if you are going to be buying stuff for your ride or you want a uh, free year subscription to OVR, then uh, use that 30% off, pick up an elite membership to Onyx Maps, and then uh, go spend your money. All right. Well, I love you and all, but I've had enough of the show. I'm going to go get some more cookies out of your... Hey, no. I'm going to get cookies. No. 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 Get back. No. I'm going to get cookies. I'm going to get cookies. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. You ready? Ready! Cookie, 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 cookie,